2: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One day trade. Three cents a share. That's three dollars. You cheap. And one place
0: scratch-offs.
3: When we go to gamble, we go to lose. If
0: they still work here, you can bet they're in the the bend. bend. Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan.
4: Well, it's been the key for us. We're excited about the roster depth that we have, and we're doing our individual meetings right now with, with a lot of our guys, and and we have we have a great competition in camp. If you asked me a couple years ago at this time what our bullpen would look like, I had no idea, and some of these guys are still here and put together two really productive seasons, so we're hoping for some surprises in camp, and but yeah, you kind of never know where your bullpen's going to come from. Sed's dealt with... A lot of things so far in his career, like you said, down in Double A and then thirty thirty. So he's seen starts an All Star game, uh, had a you know a great first half last year. You know the, the, he's dealt with things extremely well, and he has turned himself into so many of our guys into such a pro. And
5: I think he's you know he's proven what he's done the last couple of years, um, despite the fact that was it year fifteen in the big leagues for him. Um, I, I think he's going to be a huge a huge piece at the back end of our bullpen.
6: James McCann, veteran catcher, talking about the new closer for the Orioles here in 2024. Craig Kimbrell signed as a free agent in the offseason. That was a move that happened back in December after winter meetings. Kimbrell last year in Philly helped the Phillies get to the playoffs. All right, his postseason. Wasn't all that great by any stretch of the imagination. But proven track record. Now he's replacing Felix Batista who was the closer of the year in Major League Baseball in 2024. He was the, Lolan, get in here, and Vinny's here with us, of course. We're, we're getting into the Oriole coverage big time as the exhibition season starts Saturday. Felix Batista was named reliever of the year three times last, or reliever of the month three times in 2023, which is an impressive accomplishment in and of itself. And then was the reliever of the year guy. And he missed the entire final month of the season in the postseason. But if you look at bigger track record, Craig Kimbrell is a much more accomplished relief pitcher than Felix Batista is. Longer shelf life, obviously. The question the Orioles have, question we have, you have the listener, what Kimbrell are you getting? The guy that was acceptable, if not really good, for the Phillies for six months, or the guy that flamed out in the playoffs? You're not getting the 2013 Atlanta Braves version of Craig Kimbrell. If, if if he was that, they'd be paying him $20 million a year and he'd be pitching for somebody else. That is a huge part of this team. But James McCann, veteran, no veteran, understands that Kimbrell might not have the stuff he used to have, but he brings some of these intangibles that maybe some younger guys don't have given experiences.
7: So. Right, and you, and you mentioned the timing of the signing, the winter meetings shows you the Orioles how necessary they felt it was to go get a guy, an established guy, a veteran guy, because you couldn't enter the season banking on, okay, or Cano is going to take the next step, and he's going to be your closer, or even Dylan Tate's going to be back 100% what he was pre-injury. You couldn't bank on that. You had to go get something that was not guaranteed, but something stable. And Kimbrell, okay, is he going to be the best closer in baseball this year? Probably not. But you know what you're getting out of him, and that's what the Orioles needed.
6: And, and things have changed, too. And this happened after the Kimbrel signing. Tyler Wells is now going to move back into the rotation because of the injuries that Kyle Bradish and John means. And Tyler Wells would have been a nice, let's just say, interesting piece to high-leverage situations in the back end because when he came back from the minors in September into October, he didn't give up a run. Literally did not give up a run through five September appearances and then into the postseason. But he's now out of the equation. And you mentioned Yunir Cano, all-star, came out of nowhere throwing wiffle balls. I mean, bats were not making contact with anything he was throwing. Second half of the season, a lot of uh, wood to ball against Yunir Cano. So I would have been really, really concerned yeah, not maybe hyperbole there, but I would not have been extremely confident with him being like the guy yeah, in
7: the back end. Bullpen depth's a little shaky right now, mostly because he had to pull some guys out of the bullpen to fill the rotation. But you mentioned Tyler Wells. He could still end the year as a high-leverage reliever if all goes according to plan health-wise. I think that's what the Orioles would hope, is that Bradish is able to pitch at some point this year. Means does get going and then is healthy through an entire season, even if he has a delayed start.
6: Well, let's throw a curveball, pun intended. Say Wells makes the All-Star team as a starter in the first half of the season. What are you doing, there? Good problem to have. It's a great problem to have. D.L. Hall would have been a nice option there with high leverage, 100-mile-an-hour stuff, but he's now in Milwaukee, role to be determined with the Brewers because Orioles got Corbin Burns as part of that trade. It's Vinny and Haiti, 105.7 of the feds. So, Vinny, I guess the point is... Kimbrough comes in with a possible Hall of Fame resume, but is replacing a guy who was arguably the best closer in baseball last year and is going to miss the entire season. To
8: me, with Kimberl, it's about consistency because, I mean, with Batista, they had pretty much—he had a little slump in there, but otherwise, he was pretty consistent throughout. I mean, if they can get that—where he can be their consistent guy, where— Bob, like, after a month, it's like, well, maybe we need to look at such and such as a closer. No. You know, if Kimbrell can be the closer the whole way, I think they'll be fine.
6: Uh, I can go back into the time machine of May of last year when Felix Batista gave up the home run the second game of the year. and McKenna dropped the fly ball. McKenna needs to be cut. The overreaction, you know, of uh, some people that, you know, just need to watch 162 play out. And then Batista had his scuffles, and Cano was brilliant. Oh, Cano needs to be the closer. Yeah, of those? Yeah. those conversations? The Cano's th- going to be yeah. in the mix, and he's going to be sure. an important part. But I don't know if he has the makeup, per se, to be the closer for the team.
7: The only thing I worry about is with how heavily Brandon Hyde and the entire team leaned on Batista, you kind of get into a groove. And it's, okay, you're getting a jam in the eighth. It's a one-run game. Well, we'll pull him out for one extra out. He's got to get four outs for us. And that was just such a consistent go-to thing, and you almost take it for granted at a certain point. Now, Kimbrell, you're not going to get that. He's not going to go out there and give you a four-out or even five-out saves in a pinch. The offense in late-inning situations is going to have to do a little bit more, create a little more breathing room, because you're not going to have the freak that was Felix Bautista.
6: And that 100-mile-an-hour and then the, the, the split that just fell off the table – In the arsenal that came along with it. Also, Brandon and I talking about Cedric Mullins, who was prime for a bounce-back year. That game in Seattle was one of the great individual games we've seen Mm -hmm. from an Oriole ever with a game-saving catch. And then Bauman gave up the home run, and then he hits the game-winning homer. That thing was a thing of brilliance, but he had injuries that took him out of the lineup. He slumped big time in the summer and I expect Cedric Mullins to have a – well, not a monster 30-30 year, but we're going to see more of a 270-goal-glove level, double-digit, pushing 20-home run kind of guy. Cedric Mullins is going to be a, an asset to this team, not a guy we're going – wonder what's
8: wrong with Cedric Mullins here. I, I think he's going to have a big year, Bob. I mean, you know, had the baby. that That's done with now. Been two months. I think he's – I – think he's primed and ready. I, I, I just think he's going to have a big year. And I think bunting will be a big part of it, too. And we talked about it yesterday, Bob. I mean, the guys that can bunt, you never go in a slump because you can get some bunt singles when you're struggling at the plate. Uh, he was in a
6: long slump yes, last was. year. There's no guarantees he's going to lead off for the team. In 2024. He batted,
8: what, seventh? A lot of time he last He
6: was bouncing around big time in this Orioles lineup, which is always fluid. You see Hayes against lefties, Adley Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson from time to time. It'll be interesting to see how Brandon Hyde navigates his lineup. And also heard about Hyder talking about the depth he has in the infield, in the outfield. We talked about this yesterday with Rich Dubroff, BaltimoreBaseball.com. And we'll talk more about it with Andy Koska from the Baltimore Banner, 1130. Jorge Mateo's role is what? Is he your backup shortstop? Is he your utility center fielder sort of guy? He played second base in winter ball. Is he even on the team? I mean, Rich pointed it out astutely because he's there. No guarantees he's even going to be here on March 28th.
7: Well, they keep talking about him. That's the big thing for me. I love the dude, man. I mean, every, it seems like every time he spoke this week, there's something in there. He's getting asked about him. It's not like it's unprompted, but you always seemed to end up talking about Mateo when... At least in my opinion, he's far down the list in terms of intriguing names on this team this spring.
6: We do have breaking news coming out of uh, Sarasota. Corbin Burns will start Saturday against the Red Sox. Oh, nice. So Corbin Burns will be the exhibition opener because I'm still – it's not preseason. That's a football-basketball thing. This is exhibition baseball, and he's going to be the starter then. And most importantly, he'll be the starter on March 28th, opening day against the Angels from Los Angeles. They're no longer Anaheim. They certainly aren't California, which I thought was a better name. But that's just me. We'll talk Orioles throughout the day with you. And certainly talk about him with Andy Koska coming up from the Baltimore Banner. Live at 30. Maryland basketball news. Big news is Derek Queen committed. Five-star from Baltimore City. Started at St. Francis. Now at Mount Verde, the number one team in the country. Doing his thing, Duncan, and averaging 16 almost 17 points, eight rebounds a game. He leads that team in both categories. Five star recruit. He's the highest rated recruit Maryland has signed since who, Vinny? Um, I don't know. Tell me, Diamond Stoke. Oh, he Go turned back out to great. 2015 <laughs> from he Wisconsin. Was, he was the number eight player in the country. Derek Queen's number ten. First five star that Maryland's recruited since uh, sticks back in 2018, who's making a nice living now in the NBA. It took a while to get done. I'm sure NIL stuff had a lot to do with it. (laughs) But in the end, I think Kevin Willard did a very good job recruiting the mom, which is Lefty gerzels forte, and he wanted to stay home. But Maryland got him over Indiana, and we'll get to them during a whip, Kansas and Houston. So this guy was a high-level recruit and has been highly regarded since his freshman year. Go back when he was in the ninth grade at St. Francis and Keith Kavanaugh, who we'll talk to tomorrow, and say, hey, what about this Derek Queen ever coming to Maryland? He's like, ah, never going to happen because he was that big of a deal and he still is that big of a deal. So, Nolan, this is huge for Maryland. I mean, this year, not helping this year, obviously, but next year to keep a stud from the Charm City in tow, I think that bodes well for Kevin Willard, maybe stacking. This recruiting class, he's going to have to hit the portal to get a point guard because Jameer, though, because Jameer Young's gone.
7: Now, our friend Jeff Ehrman, obviously all over this, tweeting a lot last night. Like a Kmart suit. Reactions to this, and he had a good point. You mentioned Diamond Stone, and he was saying this almost feels exactly like the Stone recruitment. You know, it was between another Big Ten school in Maryland. Now, difference this time is Queen's a local kid. But that highly coveted five star, two Big Ten schools going at it, battling for this guy, ultimately chooses Maryland. Now, does he end up being one and done like he probably projects to be? Or does he hang around? Are you okay with him being one and done if he actually performs better than yeah. a Diamond if Stone? If he gets
6: him to the Sweet yeah. 16, I'm cool with that.
7: So, this is the price you pay in uh, modern
6: college basketball. Yeah, Diamond Stone was one and done, and he's been a basketball nomad ever since. Jalen Smith, who was going to Maryland all along.
8: Mm hmm.
7: He stayed two years and two mm-hmm. of the best teams Mark Turgeon ever had. And the good news is, is that the twenty team got hosed by COVID. I say good news, but double-edged sword. Guys like Deshaun Harris Smith, who was what, a four star in his own right, pretty highly touted. Lamoth. Right. Is that because Guys, of, they that were they're all are, four stars, yeah. They're a little slow out the gate here. Not not the season that we oh, anticipated oh. for them. But you feel comfortable that you're gonna have them and Queen together on the same team next year. Yeah. And, hey, old uh, Julian Reese has another year of eligibility, Mm -hmm. too, and they
6: were young teammates together back at uh, St. Francis. So big news for Maryland Hoops. We'll talk about that. Well, Damon Evans can't talk about it coming up at 1030 because the NCAA, one of the rules they still have, you can't talk about unsigned players, but other things going on at College Park. We've got a lot to get to. Free agency. Ravens have a new coach. We'll talk about that. You want to get in and talk about the Orioles' expectation. Yankees still getting their rear end smooch coming off a terrible year. Orioles pretty much everybody back and added a number one starter. Where's the respect says Roddy Dangerfield.
0: As Hyder would say, the Bobster and the Vin Man. I like our guys. Vinny and Haney. 1057 The Vin.
5: As, far as Grayson goes, I thought there's a lot of positives today. If you talk to him, he's probably going to be frustrated about his command a little bit. I think a lot of good things came came from today's session for him. You know, getting two ups, that's that's a big, big, big deal in spring training. And, you know, he left with a couple of things that he wants to work on. And uh, other than that, I, th- I thought there's a lot of positives.
6: James McCann, John Means, Dylan Bundy, interview world. Yeah, everything's great. It's awesome. It's all awesome. Talk about Grayson Rodriguez, and you talk about players who are going to level up, borrow a Chip Patterson phrase, in 2024. If this guy gets better than he was in the second half of 2023, now he got bombed in the playoffs, as we all know, by Texas in game two. But Grayson Rodriguez was long the number one pitching prospect in the majors, drafted by the Dan Duquette regime. And then... Got rocked last year when he got recalled. Had that bottom out performance, Nolan, if you remember, in Kansas City during that day game, and they're like, "Nah, no, you just you need to reset. This isn't a two for eighteen kind of slump." Where Gunner go back? Because Gunner had had success when he came up in two thousand twenty two. That's why he was the favorite to win Rookie of the Year. But Gracie was just all over the place, and then he comes back stops tinkering with a bunch of pitch mixes, just relied on that fastball and strengthened the secondary stuff, and he was a stud. And if he's a stud, pairing him with a proven stud in Corbin Burns, their top two rivals any in the American League at the top of the rotation.
7: Yeah. Even uh, I'm trying to think who would be second. I mean, Yankees... Some firepower there. You got
6: Seattle's got a little oomph in their rotation. Somebody will come out of nowhere, too. Yeah, sure. Uh,
7: But yeah, second half of last year, I mean, numbers speak for themselves. ERA of 2.58 for Grayson after he returned. I, I think the slumping almost made him a better pitcher. When he came up and he made his debut, I think he was almost just relying on stuff alone. Didn't have the full mental part of the game that comes with being a pitcher. You know, dealing with, all right, This guy just hit something that nobody's ever hit off me before. How do I recover from that? You know, getting runners on base early in games, trying to navigate that, riding the wave, if you will. So I think he kind of learned how to be a better pitcher, a more complete pitcher, because of those early struggles.
6: And as Vinny likes to say, compete level. You don't think he remembers his last start where he got the hook, Mm -hmm. vaudeville, Bugs Bunny style against the Texas Rangers. This guy's got all the potential in the world. We saw it in the second half. And if he can cultivate that moving forward here, there's that, that's that first homegrown ace since Mike Messina going back over 30 years ago.
8: I just, I I think that all of the guys and like you said, Rodriguez wasn't an Elias guy, but to me he fits, you know, like uh, he's been developed by the Elias thing. That's what I'm getting ready to say. Um, but the the thing about it is is it's like play like a raven. I think there's a certain thing that the Orioles and Elias looks for and compete level is is big, you know, and he likes athletic guys too, you know. But all of their all their guys compete and the biggest thing is they love to play.
6: It's video heady one oh five seven the fans. Speaking of a guy who's gonna compete for a spot in this Orioles lineup coming out of uh, Florida, March 28th, is Jackson Holiday. I'm sure you're all, all aware of him. But remember all that Andrew Jones stuff? We don't talk about that anymore. Andrew Jones Jr.? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard of him, so let's draft his son. No! They won with Jackson Holiday. Jackson Holiday. Hey, second, short, Finkel, Einhorn, how you feeling right now?
9: Yeah, I I think any way that I can make the big league roster is, is the right way, right? I think that's that's the goal, splendid big leagues. Obviously shortstop is a position I'm more comfortable with, but I mean you got Gunnar over there and he's unbelievable. So I, I tell people I'm like, Trey Turner played second base when Corey Seeger was at shortstop. So like there's no um I mean you just wanna win, right? And if second base is the place for me then, then I'll be there.
6: Trey Turner, a beast as a shortstop, but Corey Seager was better, Mm -hmm. who, of course, had that monster season for Texas, helping them win the World Series last year. Trey Turner could play center field. I don't think Jackson Holliday is going to be doing that anytime soon. But understanding at 20, yeah, your status says that you're the guy, but you still have to earn your way onto the team. And there's a guy that has a little bit more accomplished, not by much, in Gunnar Henderson possibly Sitting
8: in front of you at this time, he is uh, well rehearsed. He knows how to handle the media. He knows what to say. You know, he's not like Micah Parsons uh, going off saying crazy things. I mean, he's a pro. He's a pro talking to the media. He understands. You know what what he's got to do, and and if it's starting at second base, he, I don't think he just wants to play. And another guy just loves baseball.
7: What do you think, Aaron Nolan? Got to be. I mean, it's part of modern baseball, right? Position versatility. I mean, a lot of young prospects coming up now. They, you know, project to be one position, and they end up playing another. So he's still young enough, what twenty years old? That you know, he's still moldable. He's like a, a ball of clay. You well, make I, him whatever you want.
6: And we were talking about this with Keith Law a couple of days ago. When Gunnar Henderson played second base, he looked like a guy had never played second base before. When they put him there in his rookie season, in that experiment. Ended quickly. I think Holliday's got kind of that uh, that wherewithal to make it happen. As a matter of fact, here's Jackson Holiday talking about possibly being the
9: starting second baseman. I feel really good right now. I'm excited for the games. Uh to begin, to to put it in, in use there. But right now I feel feel really comfortable, so I'm excited for the games to, to put that to work. And, uh, yeah, they, uh, Manzo came, and soft season was like, need to start working on second base and um, working on some some feeds and, and stuff like that. So in the few weeks that, that I've been really working over there, I'm, I feel like I've gotten a lot better.
6: Yeah, and the turn at second base, obviously, for the double play is different. You take a lot of smoke from the runner coming from first, but – Again, the baseball IQ, as Keith Law said, and we've talked about with all of our Ori- Orioles reporters, and we'll do it again with Andy Koska. It's in his blood. Sometimes yeah. it's just that instinctual thing you're born with, in addition to the natural talent, obviously. How tall
8: is Gunner 6'3"? That sounds about right. Is, is there ever been, like, a tall second baseman, you know, in, like— turning the double play Bobby is probably Grinch
6: I think was like 6'2" 6'3" yeah,
8: but I'm I'm guessing there's not a lot of tall second basemen Robbie with, Alomar was 6'6" six six plus Turning that double play for a taller guy may be more difficult I don't know but I think Jackson Holiday you know I'm I'm sure he's you know played other positions before in his life other than just shortstop and I don't think he'll have a problem Let's
7: say that things don't work out as they hoped at second base oh for my Jackson. God. Holiday. Are not, we going not, there already, well, for this, the love of God? I'm making a point here. I gotcha. got you. are not in trouble. You got a guy in Jordan Westberg that can play second. Then you can immediately shuffle around. How about you put him, uh, we're talking about Jackson Holiday here, maybe he does have to end up playing shortstop. Gunner can play third. Is that really what's best for the team? I don't know. Time will tell. But... He's not the only one that's being asked to be versatile here. Gunner's being asked to be versatile. Westberg's being asked to be versatile. So whatever the best trio combination is, they'll figure it out. I'm guessing
6: whatever positions they're playing on a given night, it's going to be Westberg, Gunner, and Jackson Holiday, assuming Holiday makes the team coming out of spring training by the way Bobby Gritch 6'2 Robbie Alomar was 6 feet tall and both have multiple gold gloves 81057 the fan will come back we got David Evans athletic director university of Maryland well you got spring football coming up I I, I don't know and the basketball team four games left can they make a late run they did get a massive commitment from Derek Queen yesterday but I don't think Damon's allowed to talk about it but we can you know we could do some uh, hinting and such
0: Taking sports to a whole new level. 105.7 The Fan.
3: 80
6: 105.7 The Fan. David Evans, Athletic Director, University of Maryland, scheduled to join us here in a couple of minutes. Get to the Ravens' top of the hour. New coach.
8: Dennis young John- guy. Yeah, Dennis Johnson, 35 years old. And like we were talking off air, Bob, there's no connections at all to the Ravens, you know, I've tried to look and you know, see if anybody's worked with him. I don't think, I don't think they have. So it's think
6: Patrick queen was there when he was
8: at LSU, but Patrick queen might not be in Baltimore. In right. I'm guessing Harbs didn't ask uh, to me. This is, I, yeah, I don't know. Somebody must've told Harb some people that respect, You know, that Harbs respects probably, you know, I'm looking for D line. I'm guessing I'm looking for a younger defensive line coach and people probably gave him some names. And uh, the way Harbs has been doing things is like with coordinator, I think he said he interviewed like what, 15 guys. And I think he probably interviewed a lot of guys and Dennis Johnson must have been what he was looking for. Felt good with him because he has no pro experience whatsoever So that gives you a D-line coach with no pro experience, a linebacker coach, or I mean a defensive coordinator that's never called plays before, which is a young, inexperienced guy. You got a secondary coach that hadn't been in the NFL before. So there's a lot of inexperience there, which is kind of surprising, you know, because normally, like, what you like to do is, like, if you're coordinator, like, Munkin's had experience in the NFL. He's been a head coach, all those things. So he's got, and then he's got a bunch of guys around him, other than an old line coach, that are young guys.
6: Look, great defense in 2023, but there's going to be some personnel changes. And obviously, as we're just talking about, Vinny, they got fleeced from a coaching perspective oh, here. Hey,
8: Bob, I mean, let's just look at, all right, they lost Wilson to Tennessee to be D coordinator. All right, they brought in 47-year-old. Um, what a Harv's this guy, you know, who's a college guy, basically. So, you know, is that is that a plus or is that a negative? All right, and then you lose your defensive coordinator, and we hope Zach Orr is awesome, but he's never called a defense before in his life. So that's a drop-off. You bring in a D-line. Anthony Weaver became the defensive coordinator, been a D-coordinator a couple times in the NFL. Now he's at Miami as D-coordinator, bringing in a guy with no NFL experience. I mean, coaching-wise, we've taken – we've gone backwards.
6: Well, that's why they give the professionals the wherewithal to bring in people, but Zach Gore, the not calling plays thing – I would be a little bit worried, not overly concerned with it. I mean, if they still surround him with great players, everything will take care of itself, I would think.
8: Biggest thing that I'm concerned about not calling the they're not calling plays, but what was Mike McDonald in my opinion, what Mike McDonald was great at was his adjustments. During game halftime adjustments, that's that's what I Look at good good let's look at that Kansas City game. Kansas City running up and down the field first half, second half, five punts. You know, can Zach or do that? And do you have a bunch of guys, enough guys on defense that have the experience, you know, that can do that? Because really, what's Dennis Johnson? He's not going to, you know, is how much is he going to be involved? He's not going to be involved much, you know. I mean, incorporating the defense and stuff. No, he's there to help coach the defensive line, and hopefully, Chucky Smith has. uh yeah. Got a little gets a little bit more to do.
6: And we saw last year Chuck Smith came in and I don't know if it's just a coincidence, I think it's more than that. I mean, they led the league in sacks, something nobody nobody myself included expected them to do in 2023. Yeah. And he
8: had a lot to do with that. There there's no no question about it, Bob. I mean, we saw a, an uptick in sacks because of him and then when they hired Keith Williams we saw an uptick you know with the receivers running better routes and stuff so i i just think that it it's interesting and when harbs gets to talk it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say about why so many inexperienced guys Coaching on defense.
6: Video at Haiti, 1057. The fan, if you're on the phone, hang tight. Still waiting for Damon Evans, I guess, coming up at 11 o'clock. Talk more about this Ravens coaching issue. And I guess it's an issue at this time because still looking to fill some vacancies. Andy Cosca is going to be joining us from the Baltimore Banner. Talk Orioles, bottom of the hour. Corbin Burns will start the exhibition opener against the Red Sox on Saturday. And Derek Queen, he's staying home. Stay home, young man, as he's a five star McDonald's All American committing maryland last night
0: Vinny and Haney, two opposites attracted by a paycheck 1057 the fan
1: no so damon
6: evans today let's just say we're having communication problems apparently in some cell circles there yep their uh, networks are all out of whack I believe it's a network they used to say, can you hear me now? I could be wrong with that one.
8: Well, Ed is texted me because he's in Tampa. He says he texted me said, hey, is there an AT&T outage up by you? The Tampa area has a huge outage. I'm only able to text because I'm on my home Wi-Fi. So, yeah, phone issues seem to be a problem.
6: Well, anyway, I guess that's what's happening with old Damon Evans there, so we'll talk to him. Next Thursday, now, he couldn't talk about Derek Queen anyway because he hasn't signed National Letter of Intent. And it's crazy because the NCAA, their reach is no longer as long and as forceful (laughs) as it used to be, but that is still a violation. And if Damon would have got on here talking about the five-star from Baltimore— Committing to Maryland last night, McDonald's All-American, that would have got him in some hot water.
8: Oh, hot water! They may have run him out of town, Bob. If all of a sudden, because then you're not allowed to sign the kid. That would have been uh, that would have been not been good. But he is smart enough to know oh, that. He no no would have
6: hinted it. at it. You just go, hey. So you got a recruiting win, which is great. We'll talk about it more at the appropriate time. We do know that the Maryland spring game will be on April the 27th which is the Saturday same Saturday the draft NFL draft which starts on Thursday. April the 25th and then uh pro day is on March 29th
8: yeah i bob the thing with like spring football nowadays, i mean it's 15 practices and you can only be in pads like what is it like seven times or you know it's so different like when when i had spring ball It was, we had 20 practices and Bob, they could all, they were all in pads. So they were like brutal practices all the time. And then the spring game was a big thing. We, we, you know, where you split the teams up and it was a real game. Now they don't even really do much of that stuff anymore. So it's totally changed because they're trying to, uh, Keep guys healthier, I guess.
6: During, and this is more from a drinking perspective, Nolan, if you'll pay attention to this one, because, you know, you, you're you a young guy, like strapping dude, likes to do this sort of thing. 20-some years ago, during the Ralph era, when they yep. were running high, yep. me and Todd Helmick, at the time from NationalChamps.net, from Cumberland, played at Florida State, was teammates with Deion Sanders. We used to tailgate at Maryland Pro Day. We'd go in, watch like uh-huh-uh-huh-uh, uh-huh, and go right back to the the cooler <laughs> and watch the beer and we'd see the recruits walking through. Keith Cavanaugh would stop by. Those were the glory days, Norm, of uh well, at least the Ralph Preja glory days of twenty years ago. They do that at other schools? I'm sure. Like, uh, I guess oh, Alabama's yeah. like a Super Bowl.
8: Oh yeah. Like when I was when I was at Iowa State, we'd get uh probably get like forty, forty thousand for spring game and ton of tailgating. And we all, the cool thing about being in Ames, Iowa, kitchen a tent. <laughs> the farmers, you know, like I'd, we'd have a scrimmage every Saturday. So, like Saturday after scrimmages, Bob, the farmers used to bring like these big Iowa chops and they'd put them on a grill. We'd go over to the training table and they'd be cooking them outside and everything. And we'd have big Iowa chops. Oh, man.
6: Yeah. So, Maryland, if you're looking, hey, maybe, st- I don't know if they, I haven't been to a pro day. Full disclosure, probably 15 years, but, or uh, a spring game. Spring game. But if you're looking to go,
7: start your own tradition. Well, that's why I misheard you. You said pro day. No, no, no. I missed Spring both. game. Yeah. Spring game. Because we went to the pro day last yeah, year. Yeah, we were sitting in the old Colt field house. Yes. And it was a, a great time, but it I was, was trying to picture tailgating for that. I was like, how does that work? Well, the way right.
6: things turned out, I would have probably rather
7: have tailgated, if
6: you know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. But anyway, spring games, April the 27th. And we'll talk to Damon next week. Phone issues. We got Ravens talk coming up top of the hour. Andy is joining us live from Florida from the baltimore batter talk about the orioles corbett burns will start the exhibition opener against the red sox let's inning get, bob what do you think maybe one or two two tops it's probably it'll be be more, it's of more about pitching it'll be a pitch, pitch count yeah let's get out to the phones owings mills it's harry harry what's happening on this total request thursday
9: hey good morning gentlemen how are you all today thanks for taking my call what's,
6: what's going on man I want
9: to talk about a couple things first thing was now, I have a lot of confidence in the Ravens in terms of their ability to lose coaches and lose players and them to figure it out. However, there are a couple things that do concern me. Number one, and um, Benny, you just brought it up just a few moments ago, Keith Williams. Mm. Now, correct me if I'm mistaken, isn't he the same guy that actually coached Tyreek Hill as well as Devontae Adams during the offseason? Summer, t- yes. He the yep, season?
8: yep. That, he, he was doing the same thing Chuck Smith was doing. You know, coaching players in the offseason, getting guys ready for the combine—that that was that was
9: their jobs. Yeah, I think that's going to be a huge loss, and we'll see what happens from there. And the other thing is, after the 2019 season, when Marshall Yonder retired, the Ravens had a difficult time at right guard until they actually brought in Kevin Zeitler. So losing Kevin Zeitler, because I don't think they're going to be able to re-sign him is, I think, going to be a huge loss. And is is Ben Cleveland ready to step up and be that no, guy? No.
8: No. <laughs> no. That's Vinny's boy, Harry.
9: <laughs> yeah.
10: <laughs> yeah
8: exactly. Like, like
9: Hyder's got uh Mateo? Yeah. yeah Cleveland. <laughs> I, I understand. And if I could raise up one more point, here, and congratulations to the Terps for bringing in Derek Queen. That's a great thing. Certainly looking forward to seeing him in the Terps uniform next year. Now, I hope that Julian Reese does not decide to try to go pro early because he's not ready, nor do I want him to enter the transfer portal. Nope. And I think if you go back and you ask Hakeem Hart, in in hindsight, does he wish he would have stayed at Maryland for another year or had gone to Villanova, which I didn't think it was a smart move anyway because Villanova was already coming off a bad year with a new coaching staff.
6: Yeah, and well, Hart's from Philly. Harry, thanks for the call, so maybe he wanted to go home. Maybe Willard you know, maybe assisted his, uh, who knows what goes on nowadays. The One of the big losses Maryland suffered this year was Ian Martinez bouncing towards the end of things, and he's at Utah State where they're going to go to the NCAA tournament, and he's a prominent part of what they're doing. I don't know what Julian Reese's plans are. Like, Angel Reese left Maryland to go to LSU, and apparently the bag, as the young kids say, had a lot to do with it. But Reese and Derrick Queen front courting it up with a developmental year of Lam- or not Lamoth Kaiser. I mean, you might have something to work with
8: next year. Yeah, in the but front wouldn't court. And, and you know basketball better than me, Bob. But with Reese. Isn't it better for him because he can almost – bringing in another big guy, then Reese can kind of play his natural position, which would help him more for the – because if he goes into draft right now, he may not even get drafted. Well,
6: their queen's got a little stretch for potential too. It's not like the olden days where it's Moses Malone. Right. Just planting there in the paint and dominating. He can do it. Reese's problem – well, a couple of them – gets in foul oh, trouble all way too much. Yep. Can his free throws yep. Gets fouled a lot. But yes, it would benefit him another year. Get a little more girth on there. Yeah, Julian Reese going to the NBA. I mean, I'm not advising him. Not that he gives two bleeps what I think anyway. But I don't know or try to. Now the portal, that's a whole new
8: ball game. Who yeah. knows what's going on with that stuff? That's all. about yeah, the portals just like what. Well, I, I mean, if I'm him, unless it's all about the money. If I'm him, they're bringing in a five star, you know, possible a one guy. you done. know,
6: A guy you know.
8: Yeah. I mean, to me, it makes. And, you know, you got Smith who shows flashes. You and got per, Kaiser. But who can accolades hit too,
6: Nolan. Reese comes back next year as a senior. Mm hmm. And given his accomplishments through his first three years, he's going to be on all these preseason lists of best this, best that. He'll be preseason all Big Ten. You get all of that. Now, it doesn't pay the bills, but kind of helps depending on what kind of NIL love
7: he gets, which I'm assuming he gets some of now. you think that he and Queen could be a duo like Bruno, Fernando, and Styx, where one sort of has the stretch ability? Styx could show the range a Mm -hmm. little bit, shoot the three. Bruno... Handles it, uh, business in the paint, possibly. I mean, Bruno
6: was stronger, right. Beefier and sticks at that time was very th- slim. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen him lately. He's he's not Carl Malone, but he's definitely got some body he's definition. Not sticks anymore? <laughs> no, no, no. He's a really good NBA Timber. player. He's been dealing with uh, some back issues, but possibly. I mean, it's a moot point now. But if a Fernando would have stuck around for that extra year with Jalen Smith's sophomore year, how good would they have been? 2019? 2020. Right. Because well, uh, Fernando never...
7: bounced after 19 when they got boned at uh, against LSU. I'm almost glad he didn't because it would have made it even the sting even worse when the COVID hit. Because COVID
6: eliminated everybody. It's Vinnie and Hattie, 105.7. The Fed will come back, talk to Ravens with you. If you want to get in, you can at 410-583-1057. Concerns about the absences of the coaching staff – and the people replacing them are inexperienced in some levels how about that we'll talk about it whip around 11:15 we'll get in LSU is going to be a prominent part of that and uh, One of the great sports moments in the history of this country took place on this day 44 years ago. And we'll talk some more reels with Andy Koska from the Baltimore Banner at 1130. Jackson Holiday chances of making the opening opening day roster appear to be pretty strong. How's he looking so far in fielding stuff down in uh, Florida there?
0: At the stadium, Vinny schmoozes in luxury suites. From the
1: left, dear one, serves from the left. What ever's gotten into you,
0: Campania? Haney post up in the bleachers.
1: You're
0: all curbed. I love you. The only place to catch Vinny and Haney together is on 105.7 The
9: Fan. I've seen it done. I've been a part of it. And what makes me confident is my preparation I'm going to put in. I'm going to prepare my butt off. That's where your confidence comes in anything you do. When you're not confident that you can do a job, that means you haven't prepared.
6: Zach Orr, new defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Question as he met with the media a couple of weeks ago was, hey, you've never called plays before. Is this going to be a big deal for you? And you just heard him say with great confidence, absolutely not. He played in the NFL. His dad played in the NFL. He's been a coach for a couple of years now, Vinny. So he does not see this as being much of a challenge. I'm sure it is a challenge, but... He doesn't appear to be overwhelmed
8: by the challenge. Well, it's definitely going to be a challenge. And a lot of times, Bob, is you don't know what you don't know. And what did they uh, see? I kind of like what they did with Mike McDonald. You know, I mean, they were, I guess they were probably kind of like grooming him. And then they shipped him to Michigan to go be the coordinator at, you know, a program that's you know, top five program. They were in the final four and he called defenses there and then he came back here and then it wasn't as big a deal, but he still, whether it was talent or whatever, Bob, I mean, there was, there was growing pains. Mike McDonald's first year. I mean, remember that They're Miami game? All big <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So there's going to be some growing pains. I, I I hate to say it, but there's going to be some growing pains because there's going to be some stuff that he doesn't know. There's going to be things pop up and he doesn't know, and why he he hadn't done it before, you know he's inexperienced at it, and experience is a, a good experience is it's a huge factor. I mean, I'll guarantee you, Mike McDonald ask somebody's rookie coaches when they go in there too, you know how how different it is. So, I mean, the things that you can learn. I mean, like my first year when I went to Notre, Notre Dame, I was a much better, you know, coach, recruiting coordinator my second, third year because, you know, I'm learning on the fly. And that's what he's doing. He's learning on the fly. So I he's going to need some guys to help him, you know, and maybe that's Harbs. Harbs is a former secondary coach, and maybe Harbs is Hewitt. Hewitt has got to be that guy because the D-line coach, like we talked about, Dennis Johnson, has no experience. They don't have a linebacker coach yet. Hopefully that will be an ex- experienced guy. But maybe Zach Orr wants to have his hands kind of on, those are my guys. I kind of came up with those guys, you know. So that'll be – it'll it'll be – there's going to be definitely growing pains. Honestly. And, and, Bob, the other thing about it is is when you lose the quality of guys that you lose – like free agents and stuff, you know. Did Clowney come because of Anthony Weaver? Because he had a familiarity with Anthony Weaver, and maybe Chuck Smith was a part of that too. I don't, I don't, you know. Maybe guy guys come because you've got great coaches. And all right, if I'm doing a one year deal, with a veteran guy, I'm going to a team and I'm going to a coach that I know is going to get me get me right.
6: Now you mentioned Dennis Johnson. He comes into a defensive line that we've been talking about the last couple of days. Justin Matabique is going to get franchised or extended. We talked about Broderick Washington, Travis Jones taking the next step, Michael Pierce. I mean, so there he's got workable pieces for sure.
8: Oh yeah, he's, in he's, he's got he's got some uh, he's got some definitely you know outstanding pieces. But Bob, if you're Justin Matabique and you're you know Travis Jones. How are you gonna get me better? That that's what I want to know. How are you gonna get me better? Are you gonna be able to get me better? You know, you're young. You know, and what do they say about Chuck Smith? What did all the players say about Chuck Smith? He's been there. He's a pro. Sure. He he, he knew he knew knows what it takes and everything. So, Dennis Johnson, the, the biggest thing when you bring in a college guy that nobody knows is those first few days. He, he's got to have, he's, he's got to be well-prepared out on that field. And he's got to be, he's got to know his stuff.
6: Now, as far as the Ravens, our coaches will, you know, will follow along as the holes are filled here. And we had a Harry, I believe it was, you know, Keith Williams leaving was a big deal. Cause very respected in that locker room. I mean, Rashad Bateman X'd out a couple of days ago when the news broke, I you know, basically, damn, this yeah. kind of sucks for us to paraphrase a little bit, but freeing up money, as you got to get yourself into pre-agent shape in less than a month. What about the possibilities of restructuring some big name guys? Restructuring, and explain what restructuring means to the listeners out there because you're just you're moving money around, I guess. Is credit, yeah. Bob, it's
8: it's credit card mentality. Sure. And and with a credit card, guess what? You always gotta pay. 30% interest. <laughs> it, it comes due at some time. It's going to come due. And, Bob, I did read, like, I can't remember, the Baltimore paper, Baltimore banner, one of the two. They had five guys that they could restructure where they could get $51 million. The only problem with doing all that, you know, it's the Humphreys, it's the Stanleys, you know, it's the guys that are making a lot of money. And if you extend them. You don't go to Lamar at this stage and do that, do you? Can you? You could. I think you. it's got to be a year, Bob. It's got to be a year, so maybe they he maybe signed
6: around draft day, yep. wasn't
8: it? Yeah, so they they possibly they could, and I think with Ronnie Stanley, it's it's I don't know if it's restructuring might be cut, <laughs> you know? No, I mean Remo- pay cut. Oh, gotcha. And maybe the same thing with Humphrey would be pay cut. Marcus Williams, you know his contract, but the only thing, let's say Marcus Williams, they they restructure him and put more money into the future, and then he gets hurt again. Then you want to cut him. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's got three years out there. Oh, credit card due is due. You cutting him, so everything accelerates right to that time right then. So that the credit card mentality, it works, but eventually it catches up to you.
6: Sphinx Haiti one oh five seven of the Feds a flowers. We talked about this yesterday. No charges being filed by the Baltimore County police department here they have suspended the investigation now we're just waiting to see what the ravens might choose to do here given the police report that was made public
8: yesterday and the league itself bob if they say suspended and that does that mean because to me suspended is is like you got a three-game suspension well when i
6: was in high school i got suspended for cutting class i was invited back Right, You know what I mean? What? Like then eventually they said, just leave and never come back again. Felix Unger style. So suspended means we have suspended operations. Unless,
8: but we're going to maybe, unless revisit things. Right. If I'm not sure though, bottom line is I, I, I don't have a clue, but you know, Ed would be the better one to ask. But if, Somebody would decide to testify, you know, if if they had more information. But even if, uh,
6: if this is the end game, right now the ball, if you will, is in Baltimore.
8: Oh, well, I think he gets and, four or six and games at Ball's mom. court. I, th- I think he's getting suspended just because, like, the police report's out there. Correct? Yeah, yeah. And it's and in, in the police report, what a uh, uh, young lady was. Was she hit or something? But there was a gun involved in there, too, right. or something. So there's a lot of... what
6: st- call was made. Yeah.
8: So there's a lot of stuff in there that he's getting suspended, would be my guess. I would expect, if uh, if I'm Eric and them, we're going to be probably the first month without Zay.
6: So how does that change your offseason maneuvering at that particular position, well, right, uh, wide receiver?
8: It. Yeah. Aguilar, Bateman, my two tight ends, and then whatever I else. I mean,
6: by the way, this is a much bigger issue than football, but oh, no doubt. I mean, the Ravens still have to proceed as a business entity here,
8: right? So, yeah, if you're gonna, you're missing your number one receiver for a month. Basically, you're saying that you know he got hurt and he's out a month. Then what Harb gonna say, next man up, kind of thing, and they're gonna draft one somewhere in there, Bob, somewhere in that. Group, they're going to draft one, and you know, of their eight picks. Or I still think they're going to end up with more picks because unless there's a tackle sitting there at thirty, I think they'll back up, dealing out of first round. Spidey yep. and
6: Haiti, one oh five seven. The Fed will come back, whip around. What happened in the world of sports last night? Tons, tons of college basketball, tons of upsets as well, and one of the great sports moments in the history of this co- uh, country took place forty four years ago today.
0: Spidey and Haiti with Brought to you by Fox Hill Pizzeria and Crab Cakes. The best crab cakes in Harford County. 1057 The Fan.
6: 1057 The Fan here on this Total Request Thursday. Pick a song, we'll play it. Send your song request to the Plaza Board. Text line at 410-583-1057. A lot of college basketball last night men's and women's but on the men's side some top 25 upsets including a bayou buzzer
0: beater lsu has a timeout they're not going to use it seven seconds to go here goes right with five right with three driving has it blocked gets it back the shot good tyrell ward puts it in on a broken play and lsu wins it 75 74
6: ESPN on the call. Some of the best plays are the broken plays. And as you heard, a putback there at the buzzer on a block shot that turned out to be one of the greatest passes of the year. 75-74. Bayou Bengals upset number 17 Kentucky down in Baton Rouge. So there's some fun stuff going on there. In the Big Ten last night, speaking of upsets, Penn State down 10, less than a minute left in the game, and they stud number 12,
8: Illinois, 90 to 89 on three free throws in yeah. the
6: final seconds
8: of the game. Yeah, it was, it was pretty. Bob, I think I saw an ESPN 3% chance they had to win that game with 40 seconds to go, and then uh, they followed it, undercut him or whatever for a three, missed a three to win it, and then he got the three foul shots. It was 80-79. Um, to 79. It was a f- unbelievable.
6: Ice water in his veins to bear those three foul shots. And you think we're whining and complaining here about Maryland basketball. Nebraska beat Indiana last night 85-70 in Bloomington, and they're melting down there. Look, Mike Davis – or not Mike Davis. Mike Woodson. Woodson. is Mike Davis coached them when they went to the championship game against Maryland. Mike Woodson was one of the great players in the history of the program. But they're really flatlining here, losing by 15 in Nebraska at home. So you think? Look here, I, as a Maryland fan, I don't like where we are right now. Not going to the tournament, two Sweet 16s in 21 years—unacceptable. Their Queen commitment aside, but what do you think they're feeling in Indiana? Get rid of uh, Mike Woodson. Yeah, again, an alum, still one of the leading scorers in the history. Bob, of the you count. know what
8: they were? I was reading an article yesterday. You know whose name is getting popular and? Though, because Louisville, Ohio State, Indiana, like big basketball, possibly Michigan, Bruce Pearl.
6: Leaving Auburn.
8: Yeah, it's not a basket, you know, basketball, you know. Yeah, but he's got a little baggage with him too. Uh, N like every- to, yeah, NIL well, now,
6: it doesn't matter. Really? Uh, <laughs> also top twenty-five last night. Battle of top twenty-five teams, number thirteen, Alabama in overtime over Florida. 98 93. Another upset. George Mason beat number 14, Dayton, 71 67. New Mexico beat number 22, Colorado State, 68 66. Locally, it was Navy, 69 62. Over Loyola, uh, second half NBA season starts tonight. I mean, they're past the midway point in games. Wizards, 9 of 45 on the year. Woo! Doing some damage here. Six and 22 in the road. Hey, they've lost eight in a row. Other than that, everything's great. Oh, and they got to go to Denver, take on the Nuggets. And they're not going to win a lottery either. Defending <laughs> NBA champions. That's a nine o'clock tip out there. Caps back on the ice tonight at Tampa, t- uh, taking on the Lightning. Seven o'clock puck drop. 30, 22, and five are the Lightning. Th- uh, 25, 21, and eight. Caps. Caps, 58 points out. Tampa Bay in at 65 if the playoffs started today, which they don't.
8: Yeah, that's a big game for the Caps. I mean, they beat Devils the other night, six two. Played the, one of their best games they played all season long. So this is a big. If Caps want to get back into the playoff hunt, you know they got to they got they got to beat Tampa. They got to win a game on the road. And Ovi, what's he got eight goals in eight games or eight goals in nine games, something like that, he's hot. Ride him, ride him. It's Vinnie and
6: Haiti one zero five seven. The fan whip around here on this Total Request Thursday. today's the 22nd of February, this day in sports history. A couple of Maryland games of note, 1977 down in Greensboro. Maryland 81-80, over 11th ranked Wake Forest. Brad Davis hits the game-winning runner with three seconds left in the game as Maryland stuns the Demon Deacons. That Maryland team started ranked number eight in the preseason. Lost to Notre Dame in the opener on national TV in overtime. I remember watching that thing. Steve Shepard got hurt. Larry Gibson got hurt. So that they finished 19 and 7. And by today's rules, they would have been like a four or five seed. But by those rules, they didn't get in. But on this day, Wake Forest, who, by the way, would go into the Elite Eight. Brad Davis had 12. Larry Gibson, Baltimore, 18 and 12. And Jojo Hunter. If you remember him, I will buy you a beer. He had 18 points for the Turtles. 1995, Cole Fieldhouse, 7th-rate Maryland. Beat NC State, 84-71. Joe Smith, 20 points, 15 boards. The eventual ACC and National Player of the Year, Dwayne Simpkins, now the head coach at American U. He had 16. All five starters and double figures for the seventh time for Gary Williams that year. That team made the Sweet 16 as well. And then 2003, Gobcast center, 13th ranked Maryland, 96-56 over North Carolina. Beat North Carolina by 40 is always a beautiful thing. Steve Blake, 18 points. Drew uh, Nicholas had 17. Ryan Randall had 16. Maryland, that team, made the sweet 16 as well, losing to Michigan State. But Drew Nicholas, now the director of scouting for the Denver Nuggets, won himself a championship ring. For uh, Denver last year so he had a NCAA title ring with Maryland and he's got an NBA championship ring with the Denver Nuggets and on this day 1980 Lake Placid New York one of the great events in the history of all mankind took place
11: the U.S. team is depending a little bit too much now on Jim Craig he's making too many good saves A LaRosione
0: Mike LaRos-Yori! planahan is there. The puck is still loose. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow. Up to soap. Five seconds left in the game. you believe in miracles? Yes!
6: Unbelievable. Al Michaels, ABC, one of the iconic calls in sports history in this country for sure, along with Ken Dryden who was the analyst there, 4-3, U.S. over the Russians, U.S.S.R., Michael Ruzzioni, game-winning goal. Maryland, uh, Maryland. they still had to beat Finland to win the gold medal. Yeah, and that was a tight game, too. A couple of games, and they came from behind to win. But 1980, Vinny, go ahead, you're more of a hockey guy than I am. But, you know, Nolan, one of the advantages of being geezers, we saw... This stuff happened. Of all the all the cool stuff you read about in history books, and I tell you about, we kind of watched it, and that was one of
8: those days. Yeah. Plus, Norm, if you can watch, if you watched the movie, the movie's awesome too. And, and have you seen the movie, Bob? I have. Yeah, it's an awesome. Kurt movie. Russell
6: played Herb Brooks.
8: Yes. yes. And let, let me just say this: like all the guys on that team, because I was I was same age as all those guys. I played against all the guys from Minnesota. And Wisconsin, I played against in high school. So, I mean, I knew all those. Mark uh, Eric Strobel was in my conference, so I played against him all the time. But all of those guys I played against, which, you know, made it fun to watch because you know them all. I mean, I'm at Iowa State at the time, but it was – it. I mean, I still get – Bob, I got goosebumps with Al Michaels' call right there. It was, it was awesome. And Herb Brooks and everything. I know Herbie. But the cool thing was, well, uncool, I guess.
6: We knew who won before the game yes. was
8: televised.
6: Because yep. I was freshman in high school, Calvert Hall, go Cardinals. I was listening to WTOP radio, listening for Maryland recruiting news, and they were actually talking about Adrian Branch, who would sign with Maryland the next year, and they gave you the score of the game.
8: Yeah.
6: U.S. beats Russia 4-3. to three, But still, you watch the replay. But what made national news, Lark McCarthy, down in D.C. on Channel Seven between periods, so some people, most people, didn't even know who had won yet. I knew, right? Because it happened during the day. They just replayed I it know. at night between like the first and second period, gave the score, and people were like calling, like, "What the hell is she doing?" <laughs> and so that was like a big controversy, but it happened during the day. But the epic uh, broadcast was at night. Uh, Ken Morrow, by the way, who was on that team, won the gold medal. And then went right to the Islanders and won the Stanley Cup. Yes, he did. And, and then yes, Dave Christian, who was when that team went up playing for the Caps later on in the 80s. But that was epic. It was great. Advantage of being old, you get to watch the 1980 Olympic team as it happens in real time. Well, actually, on delay because it happened during the day. It's video at 80. 1057 of the fan. What's happening down in Florida? We're Doc Orioles, Andy Koska from the Baltimore Banner. And then a house trip with Mr. Electricity and Ole McGraw.
0: Your exclusive home for all Baltimore sports. 1057
6: The Fan. v 80 1057 The Fan, here on this total Request Thursday. Pick a song, we'll play it. A little Chicago for you. Get your votes in, Featured Artist Friday. We'll reveal that one coming up in a couple of hours or so. The Orioles open the exhibition season against Boston on Saturday. They have revealed who the first pitcher will be, and here to talk about that more, Bob Andy Vittie Serrato, Nolan McGraw. Let's welcome in on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. He is Andy Koska from the Baltimore
5: Banner. Andy, what's happening, buddy? Hey, nothing much. I'm just sitting in the uh, dugout watching the batting practice.
6: Well, you're a lucky man, Andy, watching the defending American League East champs lay the lumber to the baseball. But Brandon Hyde did say that Corbin Burns is going to get the baseball against Boston. We know it's more of a pitch count kind of thing. Should we put dots together, like who goes second, third, fourth, fifth, etc., etc., in regards to what his projected five-man rotation might be? Because we assume Burns is going to start opening day against the
5: Angels here. Yeah, this was more of just... It, it's it's too lined up in terms of when they came in and, and when they pitched their, pitched their bullpens earlier this early this spring and it just lines up well for Corbin Burns to pitch uh, game one here, the grapefruit opener. I mean, if you think years past, I mean, we had Drew Robb, you know, pitch, you know, Spencer Watkins, I think has done a grapefruit opener. So oftentimes it doesn't, you know, translate over to an opening day starter. But uh, in this in this instance, uh, you can probably figure Corbin Burns opening day, just uh, like the grapefruit opener. Uh, Probably only two or three innings on Saturday from him, but it will be televised on Masson. So uh, first chance for Baltimore Oriole fans to watch Corbin Burns in the Orange.
6: Yeah, maybe get enticed to buy one of them little letter jerseys they're wearing down there. Ah, we're not going to get sidetracked here, Andy <laughs> Koska. But with Burns coming in, but the setbacks with Bradish and John Means maybe not as severe. As you're talking to the pitchers themselves, Wells and Irvin in particular, how are things kind of, I don't know, percolating there there's a new pitching coach as well how are things percolating there with the starters and now a little more competition because we assumed we knew the starting five now more opportunities for others we
9: guess
5: yeah you know this is a a great opportunity for somebody like Cole Irvin to you know he had struggled big time when he first arrived last year in a trade and uh, you know, was demoted and was kind of a reliever, long man for most, you know, rest of the year. If he was not the major. so this is a big opportunity for him. He could be the he could be that fifth starter uh, for at least the first month or so. You know, as we wait on um, John Means to come back. You know, he's just you know, it's not an injury setback or anything. It's it's more just you know he's behind schedule. They gave him more time to rest this off after the the elbow irritation he felt uh, that cut him out of the postseason last year and then Tyler Wells I mean we saw what he could do um as a starter in the first half and just kind of hit a wall a little bit um again this is a this is a great opportunity for him to to have a role out of out of spring training and then kind of you know we'll see if he can lock it down for the rest of the year so they feel confident in their depth um they have some triple a guys that are intriguing as well later in the year that could pop up you know a Chase McDermott or a Cade Povich uh as guys that later in the year could be um you know you bring them up uh if, if you need a guy to either a spot start or maybe even handle a lot of innings if you have an injury of some sort but they, they like the depth they have here um probably don't need at least they don't feel that they need to necessarily go out and get another guy um but you never rule it out you know there's a you know lorenzen out there still as a free agent you know some of the mid-tier uh, starting pitchers are still available so we'll see how it goes but you know John Means isn't expected to really be out very long. Uh, Kyle Bradish, we will see. He's throwing lightly right now. And Brandon Hyde said this morning, you know, he's feeling feeling fine. Um, but again, you know, throwing lightly is a lot different than getting on a mound and, and throwing, uh, you know, in, in a start. So we'll see what he can do, when he can do it, um, and whether surgery eventually will be the, the way they have to go.
6: All right, Andy, looking at the bullpen and assessing pieces here, we know the w- w- waiver wire has been crazy and the free agent acquisitions have been plentiful trying to keep up with all of these transactions. But Yanir Cano last year, along with Danny colomb C- Cienel Perez a couple years back, when will we start assessing who that guy in 2024 could possibly be in the bullpen?
5: Well, it's 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 an interesting race in the bullpen here because – I honestly think maybe like the first seven spots are pretty much taken and there's an eighth spot that is still open undecided that, you know, it could be, could be a one. and Charles that Daniel Allen Tuck from the banner wrote about, you know, as a high velocity guy. And really the question is, can he throw strikes at a high enough rate to, to where he doesn't just walk guys all the time? Um, he has huge stuff. So maybe, maybe he's the kind of X factor this year. Um you know, Caleb Ort has a lot of high velocity. He's uh, really struggled last year for, you know, in the past couple of years, really, for the Red Sox. has uh, jumped around this offseason, and and now is here as a uh, waiver waiver pickup, or maybe it was a forecast trade. Um, all these are blurring a little bit on me. But, <laughs> right. um, you know, Nick Fesby, you know, is coming in and, you know, has a, has a one-seam fastball that he really likes the look of. Um, there's a lot of guys that are kind of fringe. Brian Baker, you know, last year struggled. But guys that are, you know, Maybe on the shuttle squad and what I mean by that, you know, kind of up and down between Norfolk and 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 major leagues Um, that, you know, there's going to be a lot of that this year and and moving guys around. But um, definitely uh, you you figure somebody is going to crop up as a as an unknown. It was Felix Bautista, it was Yannir Cano and and now, you know, who knows who it could be in, in 2024.
6: Andy Koska, Baltimore Banner covers the Orioles. He's down in Florida with the birds open their exhibition season Saturday against the Boston Red Sox. We talk a lot about Jackson holiday, rightfully. So number one prospect of baseball, but your assessment of Jordan Westberg, which you saw from him last year and expectations perhaps for
5: 2024. Yeah, he's actually at the plate as I talk. Um, he, you know, I think will probably be the starting third baseman on opening day, most likely, um, I think he has a big role to play in this team. You know, he was consistent, if not uh, super flashy last year as a rookie. Um, but came up and did well defensively, um, and definitely held his own at the plate. Uh, not not too much power. I think that is the that is a big big question for him. Is is he showed so much power in Triple A and, and there's a huge difference between batting in Triple A and batting in the major league. So I don't mean it to you know, make it seem as if it's a natural step, but um, we we will see this year if he can hit for average about two sixty five last year, I think he was. And, and if he can add a little power to that, I mean, it could, it could be a big year for him. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that he's penciled in as, as probably an opening day starter at this point and we'll see how he develops.
8: Hey Andy, what, uh, now Kimbrough sounds like he had a hell of an outing yesterday. Was it as good as ever as uh, rock was talking about in his articles?
5: <laughs> yeah rock never lies uh rock never lies. uh read read the story and it's a hundred percent uh that's what happened no it truly uh um he he looked great um he, yeah he, he definitely looked great yesterday and uh you know pencil him in as as, uh, as a closer uh that's what they signed him for and until he proves otherwise he will be the closer uh he definitely looked great you know in, again you know it's middle february so He's still five weeks until opening day or whatever it is. But um, it's a promising start from him. And, and uh, yeah, until until he proves otherwise, this, this man's a closer.
6: All right, Andy, last thing for you. And granted, I don't want to make this a big deal. The Orioles could wear potato sacks as long as they win the World Series. But is all the hubbub about the new uniforms, is that real? Are the players really uh, griping as much as we're reading about here?
5: Yeah, well, if you uh... – you know, if you read uh, the Baltimore banner, we had a story about it. <laughs> uh, you know, some, uh, some, some players uh, without their name attached, is, uh, you know, smartly, so that MLB does not uh, give them a phone call. But, uh, you know, talked about, you know, how they didn't like the feel of the jersey. Uh, it's, it's thin. It's, uh, the lettering is, is, is a little, you know. Small. Is different. Yeah, it's small. It's different. Um, there's been a lot of complaints about the pants actually it is a major it's a major complaint just with you know they don't fit right um you know one veteran player told me that you know they just it doesn't fit like the he war for the last eight years of his career you know in, in the minors as well and you know just you know one player today you know i won't use won't use his name he he said you know geez they're gonna see everything out there you know is with how tight those pants are so uh you know definitely there, there's gripes there's gripes and we'll we'll see they have plenty of time to fix it before you know opening day but uh you know definitely i, I saw those photos of uh i think it was seattle mariners and, and maybe otani too of the, the the see the see-through uh see-through uh you know you can see the, the jersey through the pants when they tuck it in so that could be an issue but um uh, you know hey as long as they uh as long as they Win. I don't think fans will care that much. All right. I don't
6: want to see Daniel song in though. But anyway, you know, that's just me. Andy Costco, what's happening at the Baltimore Banner with his Orioles coverage you got going on there?
5: Yeah, well, we got, uh, I think at this very moment, we got five guys down here uh, photographer, uh, Daniel Tug, John Mioli, uh, Paul Mancano. We were rolling deep and uh, you should uh, hopefully subscribe.
6: Well, when we get Rock on, we'll mention the Baltimore Banner to him. How's that sound? <laughs> all, be good. Okay. <laughs> all right, thanks. Here he is, Andy Koska, it's Vinny and one hundred 105.7 The Fan. So the, the uniform stuff is real. How about that? So uh, go to your Orioles.com and get yourself one of them brand-new jerseys that apparently nobody likes. Vinny and Haney
0: on your home for sports. 105.7 The Fan.
6: the fan news from the nest coming up top of the hour. you want to get in, you can at 410-583-1057. Get your votes in. Plaza Sport Tax Line featured artist Friday. Or, excuse me, pick a song. Get your votes in. Let's see. Let me get this straight. Total request Thursday. Pick that. Then get your votes in. We got it. Buy or sell 1215. Pete Caldera from the Bergen Records is going to be joining us. We've been uh, breaking down the American League East. We haven't done the Yankees yet. We're doing the Yankees. Everybody likes to kiss their asses. I mean, we'll show tribute for sure. We're not going to smooch that rear end, but we'll talk to Pete. He'll rejoin the program. Todd Karpovich from BaltimoreSports.com joins us for NFL Lunch. Coming up at 1 o'clock, uh, Todd talks about potential free agents that the Ravens could uh, address here. Running back, maybe. Wide receiver, perhaps. Who knows? Depending O-line. on the price tag. Yeah. O-line. Draft, obviously, going to be a very import, important part of that. So we'll talk to Todd and then Mike Harmon, Fox Sports Radio. He joins us as he does
7: every Thursday at 1.30. Let's bring in Nolan. Nolan, what's happening? Doing pretty good. Uh, franchise tag window opened yesterday, as we talked about. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I haven't seen any moves across the league, any tags being handed out. Uh, obviously, you got contenders, people who players expected to be tagged. But uh, I'm looking here. I mean, Saquon Barkley, all the reports are that the Giants aren't expected to hit him with the tag, yep. so he'll hit the open market. Uh, still waiting on something with Matt Abike, but as we talked about, you're going to try to get an actual long-term deal done first. But it seems like that's the case with all these guys. No tags being handed out yet.
8: Um, I don't – things don't happen – until there's deadlines you know so i i think pe- people are trying and the other thing norm is is most deals get done face to face and they're all going to be together next week at the combine starting probably on tuesday or wednesday so if things if deals get done deals are going to get done next week
7: and you think there's any cases of Someone or a team hitting a player with a tag before then, they don't want them kind of shopping around at the combine or, or talking to anybody. That doesn't matter because if I
8: throw the tag on him, he, he, he can't do crap anyhow. Well,
7: that's what I'm saying. You know, if you hit him with the tag, you kind of rein him in a little bit. Oh. You don't want him talking to other teams. Doesn't matter. Oh, okay.
8: So, uh, for the same reason, Norm, is, is, I mean, other teams, like with Matabike, I mean, everybody. I'm not even. I. I may. Add, you know. Hey, Eric. You know because you're friends. You tagging him? Yeah, we're tagging him. Or you know, you talk, if you have a good relationship with the agent, they're going to tag him. Yeah, you know. So I mean, you're wasting your time.
6: Mm-hmm. All right, you ready?
8: What Video you 80, ready?
6: 105. Oh, let's do it. You ever get a fun yeah. Quick draws. Fun
0: the rudeness, tuneness text reader. Who's the fastest gun alive? This side of the Chesapeake.
11: I like that quick straw.
0: 105.7 The
7: Fan. Mike in Belair here says, thanks for sharing the Miracle on Ice uh, stuff. I was playing youth hockey that day. Obviously watched the game later at night. Hearing Al Michaels' call still gives me chills as well.
8: That was, it was, it was an awesome time. I mean, it was, it, um, Was huge for American hockey, because American hockey was not looked upon as you know great because of the Canadians and Russians and stuff. And I mean, what a week before that the Russians beat U.S. like nine to one at Madison Square Garden. They beat before they
6: left an NHL All Star team clobbered them. Also big for America because of the Cold War stuff that was going on
8: there. Yeah, because they've. Voted. I mean, from watching the movie, Bob, they almost didn't even get to go because the president wasn't going to let them go to the Olympics. Uh,
7: another texter here talking Ravens says, do you think the Ravens are hiring the way they are or making the decisions that they are uh, to keep some continuity moving forward? Seems like having well-known, experienced coaches could leave you in the same situation of needing to reload the whole staff again next offseason.
8: Um. I, maybe, maybe I don't, um, Harv's going to get the best coaches that he can get would be my opinion. And, um, maybe at that position, he wanted a young guy that has fresh ideas. Maybe that's his thought process. I, I don't, I don't know.
7: And last one here talking Orioles. Texter says let's hope whatever the O's decide to do with Jackson holiday, that he can get consistent reps at one position. Don't rotate him around like they did with Gunner a few years ago.
6: Uh, I don't see that, that happening. happening. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to bounce around. He's
7: going to be versatile,
6: young, and he's athletic enough to do so. I think it'll be seconded shortstop mainly for Jackson. Holliday here, whereas Gunner settled in to shortstop third base, did both both very well. I think uh, Holiday. he knows maybe the best chance for him to even make the team would be to be the starting second baseman where Gunner's your shortstop, and then Westberg starts at third. You still have a Gold Glover and a Rias in the mix, and others as well. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7. Uh, but don't panic after the first week of the season. No, we're not doing that this year. You can, but I'm just going to go, calm the bleep down. It's 162 games. Gunner needs to go back to the minors. Remember that?
11: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
0: Your home for the best Ravens coverage. It's time for News from the Nest with Vinny and Haney. Sponsored by Window Nation. Winter is here. With Window Nation, replacing those old windows is easier and more affordable than you think. Call 866-90NATION or visit WindowNation.com. 1057 The Fan.
12: Man, it's been so, you know, amazing, man, just to be in a room with two pro bowlers. You know, that, that's just a blessing to be a rookie and come in with guys who's already, you know, they're, they're where I want to be in my career in a couple of years, you know. So it's it's a blessing to learn from those guys.
6: That's Trenton Simpson, rookie last year out of Clemson, talking about being in the same room as Roquan Smith, one of the best, if not the best player at his position, off-ball linebacker, and Patrick Queen, fellow all-pro and pro bowler. So grasping as much as he possibly can, so understanding his role mm-hmm. and learning from two of the best, and given the uncertain status with Patrick Queen in Baltimore, given his free agent movement here, you now Trenton Simpson might be uh, next on the next man up, as they say.
8: I, next I to if I'm a betting man, he is the next man up. He's one got to play, and leading up to the Pittsburgh game. You know, he, he didn't see a lot of action, and he just played basically special teams. But the thing that concerned me a little bit, like watching him at camp, he runs 4-4. At watching him in training camp, he never ran 4-4 because he was always thinking too much. And and you can't play, you know, when you're thinking all the time because he would see it, then he'd have to register it, and then he'd react instead of just reacting. So, and then on the special team coverage and stuff, sometimes he just looked lost in space. I remember in one game, I can't remember the game, he got KO'd. He didn't even know the guy was coming. So those are the kind of things that concern me. It was a little bit similar to Patrick Queen when he first started out. Now, fast forward to that Pittsburgh game. When he got a chance to start, he had seven tackles in that game. And but the thing they did was and I think it was, you know, extremely smart. I don't know if it was Zach or was Mike McDonald that um, let's let him do what he does well. And that's attack. You know, take the thinking out. You don't even have to think they blitzed him. They run blitzed him. You know, they, they he got a sack. They blitzed him there. You know, so he he got a chance to make plays. And the biggest thing is gain confidence. So I think after that Pittsburgh game, probably gave Eric some relief too about what what he felt like with uh, Trenton Simpson. So to me, there's, there's stuff to build on because he showed. And you know what? Maybe Zach or – and Zach coached him, you know, the whole time. So Zach's going to know, okay, you know, when we start the season, I'm going to have to let him attack because people are going to attack him You know, is he going to be able to handle that? And we've got to build up his confidence as we go. There's going to be some struggles. There's going to be some struggles. And Roquan is going to be, you know, probably jumping his ass some because he's going to cost him some plays early on. But eventually, once he gets it, like Queen did. Queen played four years for the Ravens. Other than one season, had over 100 tackles. And the season he didn't was 98. Had 13 and a half sacks for his career. So he's had great production. And if Simpson can come close to that, they're going to need another 100, get 100 tackle performance from Simpson. Can they get that? I think what they're going to get, because the one year Patrick had five sacks, I think he's going to get some sacks just because they're going to be blitzing him a lot like they did Queen early.
6: Now we're still assuming Queen's leaving. Is that.
8: I, I don't, Bob, I don't think there's any way in hell they can afford you know, to pay Patrick Queen $18 million or $20 million, whatever he's asked. If he wanted 16 to 18 before his Pro Bowl season, now Pro Bowl season, I'm guessing he, he's going to ask for at least 20.
6: Now you have Tavis Robinson, different position, but second-year linebacker heading into 24 might be asked to fill a greater role because of the free A. Tyus Bowser's probably gone. Clowney yeah. and Van are free agents, as we've talked about a million times. What about Tavius Robinson? He, Bob, are, are you as optimistic that he could come in there and maybe fill a hole like Trenton Simpson the, is going to be asked to do this year?
8: I don't think they have anybody on the roster that can replace what Van uh, vannoy and, and uh, no. Clowney did.
6: And that includes Ajabo and wave.
8: correct? Yeah, Ajabo coming off the uh, Achilles' knee, you know, multiple things. And with always, always a five second dude, you know. So I don't. I mean, I don't think there's any way. I mean, they're gonna have to go. They got to go get. Uh, hopefully, it's Clowny. They get. They're gonna have to go. And what did Van Vanoy say? Uh, hey, tell Eric that the uh, the price, you know, he ain't sure. get me for that minimum no more. <laughs> right.
6: So, yeah, but if he pays him, <laughs> he's gonna have to be
8: here during training camp. Yeah. Then. But the thing about it is, yeah, it's they don't. They don't have anybody that can replace those two dudes' production right now on the roster. It's Vinny at
6: Haiti, 105.7. The Fan News from the Nest. Todd Karpovich, BaltimoreSports.com is going to join us in the 1 o'clock hour. It's going to have some NFL lunch with us, as a matter of fact. But he wrote today on the website, potential Ravens free agent target, talking about Derrick Henry. We've talked about this for the last couple of days because the running back room outside of Justice Hill is empty Yes. Right now, does free agency bring you the next running back? Gus Edwards, uh, Keaton Mitchell were both undrafted. Do you hope that that sort of uh, magic replicates itself? What are you doing here with running back? You've said Saquon, Josh Jacobs, intriguing. Swift. Swift is the real guy for me. But Henry, yeah, they change the scenery, possible Super Bowl trip. Well, he'll get his touches. Uh, it's all about the cash money, obviously, here, which the Ravens don't really have a lot of at this yeah. time.
8: And and you know what's going to be interesting is seeing what the market is at the Combine this week. We're going to find out what the market is for running backs. Is it hot and heavy? You know, we'll see. Um, you know, it's not a great draft for running backs. And, and Bob, I, you, there's no way in hell that you can go into – this and say, you know what, we'll find our starting running back as an undrafted free agent. Correct. That that ain't happening. That's got to be, you know, hey, we we like this guy's talent. He'll be a, you know, put him on a practice squad and see what we got. Kind of like with uh, Keaton Mitchell. I mean, they, I'm sure, I know they saw, because we're standing out there every day at practice and and Bob, and he stood out like a sore thumb every day. You know, and, and I would think that they're going to go look for somebody at some point, free agent, draft, that has excellent speed. One of the first
6: free agents that Eric DaCosta signed when he took over as the GM was Mark Ingram in 2019. And that turned out to be a brilliant signing for them. Do they have to revisit that level? Because, Nolan, help me out here. Wasn't Le'Veon Bell kind of linked to the Ravens a lot at that time? I know they got him at the back end, but prior to 2019 when bell kind of there there was some interest linkage if i'm not fan mistaken fan base
7: intrigue for sure
6: and then they got ingram instead and he made the pro bowl scored a ton of touchdowns rushed for over well, 1000 know, yards too yeah, a he started leadership. the big trust stuff yeah. you know maybe they replicate
8: that 5 years later uh, bob that wouldn't just dis- just because the price of running backs is down the price of receivers is sky high so you know I, I would think that that makes more sense. How do I help my football team? You know, where can I get quality? You know, I can get a quality running back. I mean, Bob, you mentioned like five dudes' names, and they would help the – all of them would help the Ravens. And if you can get one of them like for $6 million or some somewhere in that vicinity, I think that's a bargain. Whereas receivers, if you want a receiver – if you want a receiver comparable to the type of running back that you could get – it may cost you three to four times more money.
6: And then, what was it, the top ten yesterday, wide receivers, yeah, as listed by CBSSports.com, Tyler Boyd's getting 15 mil or something insane like that.
8: And, Odell Beckham, 12. I mean, Marquise, hey, hey, Marquise yeah. Brown, 17. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, no, I, you know, I would much rather, you know, go with one of those other guys. And and you know what? I got uh, – I, I think Aguilar's deal was like 3.4, something like that. I mean, get another one of those types because, Bob, I, I think there's no way in hell that uh, Zay gets – No game suspension.
6: It's and Haney, 1057. The fan, when we come back, we'll count our money instead of spending Steve Bashotti's with buy or sell. Talk about the sports subjects of this total request Thursday. Pete Caldera, Bergen Record. Talk about those Yankees coming in here looking to redeem themselves after a disappointing 2023. A lot of people have them as the favorites to win the American League East with Juan Soto now added to that offense. The arms look pretty strong depending on health, but that's kind of everybody else. So stay. Two for that. Todd Karpovich, BaltimoreSports.com. We'll talk Ravens with him. 1 o'clock, he'll join us for NFL Lunch.
9: Are you buying? Great cash, homie.
0: Or are you selling?
9: I'm not going to buy into that crap. And
0: 80, 1057
6: The Fan. 1057 The Fan. Total request Thursday. Pick a song. We'll play it. Send request plus for text line. Get your votes in. Featured artist Friday. We'll bust that one out for you in about an hour and a half. But right now, let's count that cash.
8: We'll buy ourselves. We're making a lot of money today. The Dow's up 268. The S&P's up 83. NASDAQ is up 384. DraftKings down 55 cents. Under Armour's up a nickel to 805.
7: As always, Buy or sell is brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. We'll start here in the NBA, where back in 2020, the NBA made a decision to form a developmental team within the G League, the G League Ignite, as they were called, offering players who didn't wish to go the college route a chance to play meaningful basketball while they wait for NBA draft eligibility, also earned some money in the process, the early stages of it, pretty successful. Guys like Scoot Henderson, Jalen Green came out of the Ignite. But this year, the team has seen a drop in talent. They started the year with an abysmal 2-19 and record. A lot of guys on that team had their draft stock drop uh, drop as a result. So Bob sell with the growing NIL funding in college, mm-hmm the concept of the G League developmental team will soon be defunct. I'll buy it
6: because Adam Silver, the commissioner of the league, said it at the All-Star break that the G League and the Ignite, in particular, is an end-to-date or running out of time. The NIL has changed the landscape dramatically. If there wasn't the NIL, guys like Hunter Dickinson would have been pros, whether it's in the NBA or playing abroad, Jameer Young. Long ago. The NIL keeps people around. It might entice high schoolers to get to college at least for a year. So the G League Ignite
7: might be going none night. Go over to the NFL here where the Dolphins should be getting their left tackle back next season. Teron Armstead is expected to play again after contemplating retirement. But that hesitation about his future mostly surrounded his health. Uh, The veteran left tackle dealt with a knee injury, an ankle injury, back and quad issues last year. All of that cost him seven games. If you look at his entire career, he's never actually played a full 16 or 17-game season. There's always been something nagging him along the way. Still has three years remaining on his current deal. Buy or sell Vinny Armstead won't finish his contract in Miami. I'll buy that.
8: I I mean, if he was contemplating retiring now, and, and you know what? When when you're after the season, you're sore, you're beat up, you can't practice, and you're in pain all the, all the time. You're saying, I got enough money, you know, is this worth it? I would think, Norm, if he, you know, like if he were to play 10 games or whatever this year, he'll retire after this season.
7: Go Back to the NBA where Doc Rivers uh, continues to be a polarizing coach. Uh, given his postseason shortcomings, also his own undoing, he his recent comments about his own team have uh, rubbed people the wrong way, <laughs> including a former player of his, J.J. Redick, who recently sounded off saying, quote, I've seen the trend for years. The trend is always making excuses. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard, just like getting traded in the middle of the season is hard for a player, but it's always an excuse Uh, He's talking about Rivers there. Uh, Other players have come to the coach's defense, but, Bob, are you buying or selling Reddick's comments?
6: Uh, Well, I'll buy it because he played for Doc Rivers. I mean, I remember Doc when he played for Marquette and through his career with Atlanta and such. But as a coach, he hasn't won a ring since 2008 when he had three Hall of Famers carrying him to that title. Their problem is chemistry. Dame Lillard and uh, Giannis have not been able to click on all cylinders, and replacing Drew Holiday with Lillard diminished them defensively. Chris Middleton's hurt again because he got off to the slow start, started to percolate. Now he got hurt heading into the all-star break. They're just not that talented right now. And there are other teams, Boston in particular, that are better than them in the Eastern Conference. We'll see how it all unfolds over the next month and a half or two months, whatever it is. But I'll buy it to some level. I was watching one of them NBA yapping shows, Nolan, on ESPN a couple of days ago. And I can't remember if it was Kendrick Perkins, but was taking uh, Doc to task. And guess who the analyst sitting next to him was? Screaming A. No, Austin Rivers, (laughs) uh, his son. And he was kind of clamming up over there, as you would expect.
7: Next. Didn't they even have a father and son have a little dispute along the way? Even Wally and Ward got into it from time to time. Very true. Uh, I'll go back to the NFL here where the Raiders have a new offensive coordinator, Luke Getze. He's inheriting an offense uh, without a concrete option at quarterback right now, but during his introductory press conference, he took some time to praise Aiden O'Connell, said, quote, for the guys to rally around him the way that I saw from the outside looking in, and for him to go perform in the way that he did, that just speaks volumes. O'Connell, from a numbers standpoint, 2,200 yards, 11 touchdowns in 11 games, did play his best, though, against AFC West competition. But by sell, Vinny, O'Connell has a chance to be the Raiders' starter next year.
8: Uh, he, uh, I'll soft buy He's got a chance. But you know what's crazy is, is Luke Getsy gets fired in Chicago because he couldn't de- develop Justin Fields. All right. Now his task to go to the Raiders is to develop whoever they draft or to develop Aiden Connell. You know, NFL's crazy.
7: We'll close things out here in the NBA once again. Been assumed that Klay Thompson's days Take with the Warriors Take and the points. Right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Get that ESPN app today. Well, Klay Thompson uh many expect him to lead the Warriors this offseason given his contract situation, the team's overall luxury tax puzzle but uh, longtime NBA reporter Mark Stein is now reporting that if the veteran guard does hit the open market there's heavy interest from the Magic and barring a collapse for them the rest of the way this season Orlando certainly a team on the rise plenty of young talent uh, lifting them but Bob are you buying or selling that Thompson could be a good fit for Orlando. I'll buy that. I mean, he's benched. He's not benched. He's coming off the bench now for
6: Golden State and had a monster game right before the All-Star break. But I think the writing's on the wall with the Warriors. They gave Draymond Green all that money in the offseason. There's so many, so many people you can pay. I'm buying it. But Bancaro, you know, Wagner, Galen Suggs hasn't really started to, to get it. As a potential star there. But yeah, they're an interesting young team. And, you know, why not bring in a guy that with long range bombing potential? and multiple rings to help the cause there. It's Vinny and Haney, 1057 the fan. When we come back, talk about those Yankees. They were ringless last year as they struggled through 2023. Pete Caldera, Bergen Records, going to be joining us. Todd Karpovich from BaltimoreSports.com will have some NFL lunch with us. And then Mike Harmon at 130, Fox Sports Radio and other media outlets Talk about whatever's on his mind because he's really, really smart. Just ask him
0: covering everything sports every day 1057 the fan
6: 1057 the fan what's happening everybody total request thursday pick a song we we'll play it get your votes in for featured artists friday that reveal coming up in the one o'clock hour around 145 ish to be exact If you could be exact with ish, (laughs) Bob Hady, Vinicius Rado, Nolan McGraw, Orioles taking on the Red Sox exhibition opener Saturday, Corbin Burns going to get the rock for Brandon Hyde there, the new ace of the team, but let's talk about one of the rivals in the American League East coming off a disappointing season. That's an understatement, 82 and 80, 2023, fourth In the AL East, expectations always high for the pinstripers. Let's break them down. He's on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. He's with the Bergen Record and USA Today. He is Pete Caldera. Pete, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us again here on 105.7 The Fan.
4: My pleasure. Good to be with you.
6: All right, let's look at the Yankees here in regards to additions in the off season and injuries are always a factor with teams And New York, uh, took it on the chin in that area a lot, as you well know, in 23, but talk about the, the fresh faces, some familiar from other places, but certainly new to the pinstripes brought in both in the rotation and most importantly, maybe into that lineup.
4: Yeah. You know, and, uh, I think you got to talk about the lineup first. And, uh, I mean, I'm in Tampa right now. I'm uh, watching live batting practice. Clark Schmidt is throwing against uh, uh, some of these new guys, uh, Soto, obviously, and, uh, and Verdugo, uh, you know, chief among them. And, you know, for, for the first time in, in quite a while, this, this Yankee team is going to have, uh, you know, the left right balance that they've, they've lacked. And certainly, you know, Juan Soto was a dynamic uh, addition to their, in, to their lineup. Uh, and then you know, and Verdugo is is going to ho- help uh, lengthen that uh, too as a left hand hitter. And uh, you know, y- you might have a scenario where uh, a John Carlos Stanton is is batting seventh. Uh, if Gleyber Torres is is hitting fifth, and you've got a healthy Anthony Rizzo possibly uh, hitting fourth, and you got a uh, Lemayo uh, Soto and and Judge hitting one two three in that batting order. So you know, they they certainly like the 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 dynamic element of this lineup with Soto in it and the length and the, and the trouble that they could get, give uh, American League pitchers this year. But, uh, you know, once again, as always with the Yankees, it's all about keeping their veterans uh, healthy and on the field.
6: Pete, you mentioned Giancarlo Stanton, one of the former MVPs on that Yankee team he had I was reading some of the comments from him and you're there obviously that he wanted to get more streamlined maybe feel more like a baseball player by getting the glove and doing what he did back in Miami when he was in his prime could that possibly be a reality for him at this stage of his career
4: yeah you know he's he's going to his age 34 season and I think you know you know with Stan I mean this guy has never been out, out of shape I mean he's you know obviously you're, you're talking about, you know, one of the great physical specimens in, in, in any sport. It's just that, uh, I, I think that they felt they being the Yankees and he felt, uh, that maybe he could limit some of the the, the lower body injuries that, that, you know, have happened over the past few years, the hamstrings, the calves strains, those, those type of things. If, if he played at a little, uh, lighter weight. So, I, I mean, that's the hope we'll see it go into practice. Um, you know, because, I mean, we've seen, you know, we, we've, we've been here, we've been through this uh, story many times where, where, you know, Stanton either starts a year and and gets hurt or he gets hurt in spring training and, you know, kind of fouls up the season or, or compromises it in, in a way that, uh, you know, that is, is detrimental obviously to, uh, to the team's goals here because this has been a player that they relied on. But, uh you know, maybe you rely on them a little less when you've got uh, you know other players uh, hitting on all cylinders here, and, and certainly their, their outfield is pretty set with with Verdugo and, and Judge, uh, in, you know, leading the way here. And they they'll they're hoping to get Jason Dominguez, their their, their uh, switch hitting uh, rookie sensation, uh, back uh, in center field at some point uh, during the summer. He's coming off of Tommy John surgery. Um, but right now, you know the, their outfield is, is set, and Carl Stanton is hoping to be in the in that mix too a little bit. But yeah, it's 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 always about the the health concerns with him and just keeping him on the field for for 500 600 bats.
6: Now, Pete here in Baltimore with the Orioles, most of their core players are in their 20s, if not early 20s. New York is age a concern. You mentioned Giancarlo coming up on 34, LeMay who's been around for a spell there, Rizzo as well. Where might age be a problem for Aaron Boone this year?
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's all that. I mean, they're you know, they they've been trying to get a little younger and obviously Anthony Volpe, you know, coming up at, at 21 last year, and uh, you know, staying, um, you know, in that lineup through, you know, uh, a, a lot of rough patches and winning a Gold Glove. Uh, you know, that that certainly was a a hopeful sign of uh, of a future with with this guy, you know, maturing into that position and, and being, uh, uh, you know, a, a part of a of a winning. Uh, culture here that they they certainly like his attitude and the way uh, he went about his business as, his rookie year. And, um, you know, they think that his, his offensive ceiling is, is pretty high. So, you know, he's got to cut down on the strikeouts, raise the batting average, but he was still he was a 2020 player last year and want to go glove. Um, you know, and we mentioned Jason Dominguez and this is a guy that, uh, you know, he's, he's been there, their best, Offensive prospect for the last, uh, you know, few years, and, and finally came up and had a small taste of the big leagues, and and had uh, success before he had, uh, at a very small scale, before he had to undergo Tommy John surgery. So certainly help hope they're hoping that uh, you know he'll get a, a at least half a season and uh, and be ready uh, to help them out in in postseason if if they get there this year. But uh, yeah, I mean that's but. Right, with the Yankees, you know the, their youth movement is is uh, is always limited because it's always about uh, adding the veterans. But I think we forget that you know Juan Soto here is still just 25 years old. Sure, we're um, going into his free agent walk year here. Gleber Torres um, going into his free agent walk season here is, is only 27. So uh, you know they do have you know some some youth on this team, but it, it's it's everything here is tied tied around veterans.
6: Pete Caldera joining us, Vinny and Haiti, 105.7, the fan talking Yankees. He's with the Bergen record on the WGK law guest hotline. You look at the rotation on paper. We were talking earlier, Pete, about who has the best rotation in the American league and New York is certainly in the conversation. You add Marcus Stroman, you have former Oriole Nestor Cortez, possibly at the back end. What's the potential on paper for that starting rotation, New York?
4: Yeah. I mean, I think the potential is very good, but, uh they don't have a lot of depth, and a lot has to go right uh for them and if listen if, if you're telling me that that Nesta cortez and carlos Rodon, uh their their two big lefties in the rotation are, are going to have you know, their twenty twenty two seasons when they were all stars uh as opposed to their twenty twenty three seasons when uh they were both compromised by injury and uh and and did not pitch well uh, when they were healthy. Um, you know, th- those two guys still are, are question marks going in. Clark Schmidt has has a chance to be, you know, possibly one of the better number five starters in the league. But, uh, you know, if he has to be a, a number three because of injuries, that that's going to play against them. Um, you know, you've got the leader of the staff by far, obviously, is, is, is the Cy Young Award winner, Garrett Cole. Um, you almost take for granted that he's, going to make his 32 starts a year because that's what he's done and pitched at a very high level. But, uh, you know, he's, he's going to need, uh, you know, the other guys to be lifting their weight too in this rotation. And I think they do have a lot of high hopes for Marcus Stroman. Uh, you know, they brought in a, a, on a low, relatively low cost free agent contract, but uh, you know, he's a New Yorker. He's wanted to be a Yankee for a long time. Uh, I, I think he's motivated to, to have a really good year. Uh, but again, health. Uh, is still a question there too with, with, with everyone in that rotation. And certainly, you know, with the Yankees, you still got to, you know, if there's a Snell out there, a Montgomery out there, guys on the, on the, on the trade block, they have to be involved in those conversations uh, because uh, their depth, uh, you know, has taken a hit with that Soto trade.
8: Hey Pete, how do you see the East division playing out?
4: Orioles are still the, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're the the cream of the crop of the of, of the division. They're the team to beat, and uh, I, I think. Listen, we're. You got to think that uh, they're only going to get stronger uh, from winning 101 games last year. I mean, this is a, uh, you know, this is this is this is clearly the team to beat. These are going to be fun games to watch uh, uh, in in this division with the Yankees and the Orioles, with uh, with Blue Jays. Certainly, you, you never count out the Rays. Um, you know, the Red Sox are still the. Uh, it, it's, it's hard to really figure out what they're, what they're trying to do over there uh, with the structure of that team. Um, but still, you know, has enough uh, talent to be dangerous uh, in, in any series. So um, it's going to be a, you know, a an amazingly competitive division once again, but uh, you know, now it'll be interesting to see too that, the, you know, the Orioles go in now with that, that target kind of, I mean, uh, and that hasn't happened in a while, right? Uh that uh, that the Orioles are the, are the team that uh, everyone's looking to knock off here now, and certainly any team that comes into the Bronx, it's you know it's the Yankees, it's uh, that lineup uh, when they're healthy and and firing that uh, they're still a dangerous dangerous team, um, but uh, the, the Orioles are legit defending champions, and uh, and somebody's gonna have to take it away from them.
6: Pete Caldera, Bergen record, Yankees, Orioles, Red Sox. You know the division, maybe four teams coming out in 2024 to the postseason. That will all unfold coming up in a little more than a month. Pete, appreciate the time. As always, enjoy the rest of spring training, and we'll catch up to you when the season begins here in about five or six weeks.
4: Sounds good. Anytime. All right.
6: Pete Caldera, everybody. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. will come back. Reset for you. Todd Karpovich, BaltimoreSports.com. Go to join us for some NFL lunch. Talk about the Ravens, potential free agent targets for them. Free agency starts in less uh, less than a month. And then Mike Harmon, Fox Sports Radio, talking about Mike Harmon things, which is a lot of everything.
0: Sports with balls. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan.
6: Particularly as you get older, it gets tougher and tougher and tougher for guys to stay healthy. And unfortunately, Ronnie, no fault of his own, but he has had, you know, a series of injuries that have hurt him, hurt his performance. Uh, I love Ronnie. I think this is going to be a
4: big offseason for him.
6: Tara DaCosta, Ravens GM, after the season ended, unfortunately, in the AFC Championship game for the Ravens against Kansas City, the eventual Super Bowl champions, talking about the O-line, and in particular, Ronnie Stanley. You look at the O-line right now, you have one certainty, mm-hmm. and that is Tyler Linderbaum, your center, entering his third year, coming off a Pro Bowl season. Kevin Zeitler looks like he's gone. John Simpson hits a unrestricted free agency. Morgan Moses and Ronnie, your tackles, they were like rotated guys down the stretch, both dealing with injury issues. And as we've talked about with Ronnie Stanley, in particular, Vinny, not saying you're not a fan of his, but you know you're not a fan of his <laughs> but he has not been the same since the ankle injury suffered ironically the same week he signed his contract mm-hmm. extension back in 2020
8: right so if you're eric and I, i'm assuming that they're going to try to get a pay cut from him that's what i'm assuming because his his production has not been i mean the day he signed the contract you know he hadn't been the same basically since so i don't know why you know they paid him for a all pro left tackle level and you know and I'd be telling Ronnie's agent hey Ronnie we're rotating you a tackle you know that's where you're at you haven't been healthy the whole time so you don't deserve you know what you're going to get um so I I think I think they keep him and the only way maybe they don't if Ronnie wouldn't take the pay cut and then they cut him after June 1 but the biggest thing is you got to have a replacement that's the thing and and you know the draft is deep which which could help them there. Moses, I think he's so cheap that it, it would be foolish to get rid of him. The problem that they've got is none of their young guys are really guys that can come in and start for you like yeah we can, you know like we're talking about um Trenton Simpson just stepping in and playing linebacker. We don't have that. At You know, Philele, are you going to trust Philele for 17 games with Lamar Jackson's 52 million? No. You're going to trust Ben Cleveland? Hell no. You know, so that's the issue they've got is where where are these other guys coming? You know, Eric's got to go out and get guys now. I got to go get two guards. You know, I need, you know, I've got McCari, You know, he's going to be the last part of his contract. But I need, a, I need another tackle. They actually need two tackles. You know, Voorhees, I think Voorhees is probably more the guard type if, if he becomes a guy. Um, but then uh, then again, Bob, I mean, that's another guy that you're counting on that's been an injury guy. And playing over a year. Right. So, I mean, they need – you just need healthy bodies. I remember Joe Bugle when O-line. Joe hated guys that couldn't practice. You know, he wanted his linemen. He loved those guys. Like, I bet you back when the Hogs were the Hogs, Bob, and they were having, you know, Grim and all those, those guys played it every every game, every snap in practice and everything else. That's, that's what they need. They just need consistency. Linderbaum shows up every day.
6: So I guess we talk about, all right, they could use a running back in free agency, possibly a wide out, but that might not be cost effective for them. I mean, even if it's a deep draft, you're picking at 30 right now. Are you drafting the replacement for Ronnie Stanley with the 30th pick? Ronnie was the sixth overall Um, pick in the draft.
8: Well, let's – we'll we'll see. I got to get in – when I start my film evaluation, I'm going to start with the old line first because, to me, that's one of the biggest needs for the Ravens. And can you get the the guy – I mean, to me, Bob, you can't count on that. That's, you know, I mean, oh, we lucked out. You know, we got we got a guy. Now, I don't think you can count on your 30th guy coming in and, you know, being your starter. That's why I think Ronnie will end up being here. But what you'd love to do is get a guy. I still think probably the best thing for the Ravens, unless there was a really, you know, a tackle slit or something. I think they're going to trade back to get more picks because they need more picks because they need a lot of uh, cheap labor and they have a lot of holes to fill. We'll see what they do in free agency, but the Ravens are not normally that team.
6: So we're already looking at uh, Lele entering his third year in the league as someone that's not, I mean, could right tackle possibly be his eventual destination? I mean, Sala, I mean, this was, he's not Sala's
8: got a chance at guard, right?
6: Cleveland was in
8: the mix last year, right? Yeah, Cleveland's got no chance, uh, in my opinion. And Philele, um, he's got to make some improvements. He's got to get better. He's got to get better. Um, I, I just don't I, – I haven't seen any improvement. Bob, this, the same things I saw of him in college is the same stuff I see now. You know, he doesn't use his arms. He doesn't punch. Um, you know, and he he – he bends at the waist, and, and and he's got great knee bend. I mean, he's an athlete. That's the thing. I'm. I if it was up to me, I would say let's try him at guard, because then I don't have to. You know, he's got that huge body. When does he do well for them? You know, if he can block down, do those kind of things. All right, he's he's similar size probably as Cleveland, but he's a much better athlete than Cleveland.
6: Video at Haiti 1057. The fan will come back. Talk Ravens with Todd Karpovich from BaltimoreSports.com. He'll have some NFL lunch with us, which is always fun to enjoy with someone else you want to get in. You can at 410-583-1057. Talk about Derek Queen committing to Maryland. Highest-rated recruit since Diamond Stone back in 2015, at least according to ESPN.com's rankings. Queen number 10, Stone was number 8. First five stars since Jalen Smith, now gainfully employed in the NBA with the Indiana Pacers. The Orioles down at spring training, looking to defend that championship. We just heard a Yankee guy, Pete Caldera, say the Orioles are still The team to beat in the division. Anything you want to share with us, we're here. And we're going to talk to Mike Harmon. Bottom of the hour, Fox Sports Radio. Talk about Justin Fields. Justin Fields is tired of the trade
0: talk. Will he
6: get his wish eventually?
0: An insider's look at the National Football League. It's NFL Lunch. Presented by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. With Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan.
6: Vinny and Haiti, 105.7 The Fan. Time to feed you some football, a little NFL lunch style
0: on this total request.
6: Thursday, Bob Haiti, Vinny Serato, Nolan McGraw. He's on the other side of the glass. Free agency NFL starts in less than a month. Tag your it phase is live and happening as we speak. Relatively quiet so far. But the Ravens have a lot of things to take care of. And here to address some of that with us from Baltimoresports.com. He's on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. Let's welcome in Todd Karpovich. Todd, what's up?
3: What's up, boys? How's
6: it going? Doing all right, man. Let's talk about something we uh, talked about here on the show earlier, the uh, addition of Dennis Johnson to the coaching staff, defensive line coach. No, if I'm not mistaken, NFL experience, no real Ravens connections. Got Zach Orr, who does have Ravens connections, but first year as a D.C., never been a play caller, still some other openings on said staff. So as you've had attrition with success on your coaching staff, what are you thinking so far about the players or players, people brought in to be replacements, at least here in February?
3: Yeah, I thought the addition of jobs was sort of out of the box higher, you know, because D.C. Ravens do it internally. But, you know, he had some success at Baylor, you know. Um, he has a guy. He met were a ton of guys over there. Um, you, know, I read today, you know, a lot of coaches are just jump – a lot of college coaches are looking to jump ship um, to the pros because of the whole – you know, what's going on with the players and the money at the college level. You know, they're sick of dealing with it. Um this is a guy I think, you know, maybe Ravens want to bring in a guy with a a fresh look. You know, he's got a good rapport with players. And we'll see. The Ravens, you know, they'll put out a formal press release When they make all these coaching hires, they'll do it all in one swoop. So, yeah, they're still interviewing. But, yeah, Zach Zach Orr's got a Texas connection. So, I'm sure there's something to do with that.
6: Now, staying with the coaches who left, and we'll go to offense, Keith Williams. He becomes now the wide receiver coach with New Orleans here. He was the assistant wide receiver coach. I think he had a fancier title than that. Here with the Ravens, is this a big loss for them in that area on the offensive side?
3: I think it's really significant. He had a good relationship with those guys, the wide receiver. And he, he, was a, he was a coach's coach, man. He was always out there, you know, mingling with the players, working, you know, participating in the drills, you know, pulling guys to the side. He was a real active guy. He was a good hire for New Orleans. And they coached him, you know. They they definitely they had their eye on him and, you know, um, so, yeah, that going to be a guy the Ravens have to replace. Because, um, again, you know, he did, he did, he did remarkable work with David Flowers. Um, and Chad Bateman you know, has that real breakout numbers, but he's really good at running routes, running routes. So, yeah, this is a pretty uh, pretty significant loss. But I think the Ravens will find some way to replace him. But, again, you know, um, Ravens, they, Ravens got a lot of work this offseason. This is just part of it.
8: Todd, you know what? You know, we were talking earlier in the show, and Bob mentioned a little bit to you just a second ago, you know, with, with the coaches, I mean, you look at, you know, like Weaver, Anthony Weaver was the D line coach. Now they hire a guy with no experience in Dennis Johnson. Weaver, you know, is now the D coordinator. You know, I thought that they, they hired Mallory to coach the secondary, but I don't see him on the, uh, on, on the bios. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's,
3: been been really tight lipped about, um, you know, what we're bringing in what's happening, you know, um, crowd um, um, Mallory, um, um, the thing was, um, what was I going to say? Uh, the Ravens, um, some of the guys, I mean, they, they're just like tight-lipped about it. They're bringing it in. Weaver obviously was disappointed not getting the coordinator position in Baltimore. So he, he, he jumps with the Miami. Um, I, think, I think Zach Gore is a guy who has a dynamic personality who's going gonna, to mingle with the players. But, yeah, like I said, the Ravens are going to be um, – they'll announce it in one fall swoop. As far as what coaches are bringing in, but I know they're interviewing. You know, I know I know they're busy out there trying to, trying to fill spots. Um, you know, as, you know as far as they got Todd Monkey coming back, which is huge, and now they got a defensive coordinator who's experienced the team. So I think they will be okay. The rest of these guys are pretty powerful. Todd,
8: one more coaching question. The only thing, the, the big question that I've got, you know, about the defensive staff is I wish that they would hire some more experienced guys because I thought the thing that McDonald did an awesome job of was making adjustments, and especially, you know, like uh, you look at that Kansas City game, Kansas City scores 17 points first half, and then they punt five times the second half. The adjustments that they made, made. can a rookie coordinator that's never called a play before, you know, that's my concern.
3: Yeah, that's going to be a huge challenge. I mean, you know, and, and, you know, you see the Ravens do occasionally get outcoached, um, in, in games. And, you know, as far as, you know, as far as, um, what, what can see defense did to the Ravens offense in that game? Um, yeah, that, that's a big concern, but you know, it's so dependent getting these coaches because there's so many vacancies, you know, and, um, it's a matter of, you know, how much, how much, you know, you have room to move up in the Ravens organization, how much they pay, but yeah, that's going to be a big concern, But That's a valid point.
8: The percentage, um, that Zay Flowers gets a suspension from the league.
3: I don't think he gets any. I mean, there, there's nothing out there. You know, we, we didn't even—I wasn't even going to report on it until it was formally charged. Um, I don't, I don't see, I don't really don't see any. We actually take taken. There's really, there's really not a whole lot of, lot of meat there, not a whole lot of evidence there to, to take him down. Um, I'm sure they discuss it internally, but I don't, I don't see. I think, I think it'd be very difficult to, to suspend him, especially with the Players Association,
8: the union. Now, Todd, to me, they've got, they've got more holes this year going into the off season. Eric's got more work to do than he's had, had to do in a long time. Would you agree?
3: Oh, he's got so much work to do. He's got, he's got to find – Well, I think Ben Cleveland can move up to that guard spot where Zeidler goes. I was, I was surprised. Um, i should sure they were negotiating with Zaitler as far as to get a deal done, but it didn't happen. Now, you know, with that dead money, I don't think they're going to pay him twice. Um, so I think Ben Cleveland moves in that spot, you know, as far as, you know, they don't have anybody, you know, as far as, far as left guard. Lalu, you know, he's a, he's a second-year player. They have nobody behind him. Um, I think John Simpson, maybe they try every time, him, I don't know. You know, and then you've got um, you know, your tackles, you know, Ronnie Stanley's durability, you know, and Morgan Moses is a guy who's getting older in age. Yeah, the Ravens have, you know, they have been, they've got to they got, they got, they got strengthen their quarterbacks, you know? Um, you know, with so many free agents. But, yeah, DeContin's got a lot of work. And he's got a lot of challenges with the salary cap. Um, And, you know, as far as, you know, freeing up money, you know, Ronnie Stanley would be a guy who could free up a lot of money, but you need him now on the offensive line because you don't have a lot of experience. And, you know, Marlon Humphrey's a guy who could also free up some money, but he's he's a Pro Bowl cornerback. And and Ravens need depth back there. So yeah, I think, I, I think Bowser is a guy you might see be cut because of the salary cap. But the Ravens are yeah, they, they this is one of, this is one of their toughest off seasons in of recent memory.
8: Yeah, because they're they need a lot on both sides of the ball. What do they think they do at what would you do at running back and pass rush?
3: Well, I, th- I think I think you got to go out and I think if they're going to do a free agent signing, you know they got to do it at running back because they, they depend so much on the run. You know, mm-hmm. of course, you know the rumors. Maybe Derek Henry, you know, he's 30 years old. Almost left in a tank. Um, we don't know, but, you know, Keaton Mitchell, he's be back to mid-year, you know, with, the, with, that, with that, that, that knee. And, uh, you know, can, can Justice Hill carry the load? I don't know. He's never done it. So, yeah, they have to go out and, I think they have to go out and get an experienced running back, you know, a veteran guy on the free agent market is where they're going to spend their money because they rely they're so heavily on the run. And so what was the other question, Vinny? Pass did he, did he, did he? rushers. Okay, pass rushers. You get outside linebacker. Um, I think Clowney put himself into a position where he's going to be able to get a bigger payday elsewhere. Um, you know, I think Van Noy might come back. Um, you know, L.A., I don't think they're going to pick up that fifth-year option, but he's the contract, but he's never been a big sack guy. Um, and, of course, you know, they'll, they'll put the fr- – I would think they'll put the franchise tag on that BK, and he'll be a guy who comes back and maybe tries to get double sacks. But, you know, pass rush – was a concern for them in the last year, and they you know they went to the league in sacks. So we'll see what they would need to piece together.
6: Todd Karpovich, BaltimoreSports.com. Joining us here, Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Last thing for you, Todd. Rashad Bateman, we've been waiting like the old Farner song, we're still waiting for him to be the number one receiver, probably not going to get his fifth-year option picked up, is going to be part of the equation. Will we finally perhaps see the guy everyone, especially the Ravens, thought he was going to be coming out of Minnesota here?
3: Is he capable? I don't know. If he stays healthy, if he stays healthy, play 17 games we'll see flashes there, but there's flowers as they had him on a depth chart, you know, and the Ravens are definitely going to bring in another wide receiver for the draft and free agency. So, yeah, Baben's going to fight for his time, um, but hopefully he has, this is the following his breakout year, and no, I don't think the Ravens are picking up that 5th their option on him.
6: Todd, tell everybody what's happening at BaltimoreSports.com right now.
3: BaltimoreSports.com, we're still following the Ravens off we heading into the draft, and of course, big, big expectations to the Orioles, that spring training. So, yeah, you know, we're looking forward to uh. A solid spring
6: covering both teams. Todd, appreciate your time as always. Enjoy the rest of your Total Request Thursday. Thanks, guys.
3: Always appreciate it. All right, you thanks. Got
6: Todd. It. Todd Karpovich, everybody. It's Vidi and Haney, 1057 the Fan. You want to spend Steve Bashotti's money on potential free agents? Get in here. We have a few minutes for you at 410-583-1057. Mike Harmon, Fox Sports Radio, joining us at the bottom of the hour. Funhouse trip, Nolan McGraw around 145, and then Inside Access takes over at two.
0: What are you drinking? Vinny, Cake Bread, Chardonnay. Haney, Mick Ultra. 20 and 80. 1057, The Fan.
6: And at Combine next week, Jonah Schaefer, Baltimore Banner, tweeting out that Eric DaCosta, John Harbaugh, are going to both meet with the media on Tuesday in Indianapolis, DaCosta, 1030. John Harbaugh, 11 We need some fresh audio, don't we, Nolan? A little stale in this stuff right now. Well, that's that's how the offseason goes. So stale. The birds won't even eat it. But now we're going to get some fresh and Ravens' 30th pick in the draft. Looking to uh, build. Vinny, you think that they're going to be uh, maybe dealing out to add more?
8: They're in a prime position if there's a quarterback sitting there for somebody to come up to get that fifth year option on a quarterback. So I I could see them trading back, getting another two and another three or something. They have eight picks. If he could end up with ten, something like that, the more picks you have, more chances you have to uh make it uh make it right. You know, I mean, analytically, I mean if you have three picks, You know, and you're hoping all three are going to make it, Uh, uh, odds aren't that good. But if you have 10 and you need five guys to make it, yeah.
6: Brandon Hyde, Orioles manager, announced this morning that Corbin Burns will start the exhibition opener against the Red Sox. We assume he'll start the regular season opener against the Angels on uh, March 28th, Thursday, down at Camden Yards and Derek Queen, Baltimore zone. Five-star, top-ten recruit, McDonald's All-American. He committed to Maryland last night, so he'll be coming into College Park wearing a Maryland uniform officially. He's been there a 1,000 times as an observer, but he'll be on the floor 2024-25 for Kevin Willard. Terps back on the hardwood, by the way, with four games left on Sunday at Rutgers. So there's a lot going on. Let's get mm-hmm. out to the phones. Four 583 1057 is the number. Let's go to Northeast. Bring in Frenchie. Frenchie, thanks for holding. You're on the fam with Vinny and Haney and old Nolan
2: McGraw over there.
3: Hey, thanks, guys, for taking my call. Mm-hmm.
2: Hey, Vinny,
10: I, I got I to gotta thank you, man. You turned me on to those uh, Box Hill Crab Cakes down there, and uh, we, we head down there from Cecil County every chance we get, so nice. I appreciate you. Hey, I got a question. I I listen to you guys all day long, all, all three shows, and I haven't heard anybody say anything about Voorhees. Is he uh? Is, is he on track to come back for, for camp, or is he still going to be banged up?
8: No, I think he'll be back. I think they're counting on him. Basically, they drafted him to be a. They took him in the seventh round because he was a hurt guy, and they probably had a a decent grade on him, you know. And the medical pushed him down. And with him coming back, and if he can get healthy. I I thought when they drafted him, he has the talent to be a starter. So I I would think they have high expectations for him for the spring.
3: Yeah, he
10: projected out as, as like a, a a round three kind of guy, right? If if not better but he's than been, that, the The only negative
8: is he's been hurt a lot, you know, and and it just seems like they have a lot of those guys.
10: Yeah, you see him, you see him on the right side
8: or the left side. Uh, guard, I don't think it really mattered. I think he played right. I want to say he played right for USC, you know, and, and they did the same type thing with Armour Davis. Remember? I mean, he was hurt the whole time coming in from Alabama and and you know what, if it, if it works, you get a talent and if, and if the guy stays hurt, which Armour Davis has, then it kind of, what are you expecting?
10: Yeah. All right, hey, thanks, guys. Have a good afternoon. You too. All right,
6: too. Frenchy, thank you. Yeah, Armour Davis is a guy who was, I think he was a four- or five-star recruit in high yes, school. Yes, he was. Just couldn't stay on the field, was one of the five or six fourth-round picks the Ravens had a couple of years ago. You said after the draft inning yep. that if he stays healthy, he'd be starting by now. Yeah. He has not stayed healthy.
8: No, and, and, and he Obvious had his chances here. too because Rocky Sin was sucking it up. And they moved him into that number one spot. And then what happens the same day? He gets hurt.
6: Yeah. <sighs> Poor guy. Let's get out to the phones. But I mean, it's the clock ticking on him.
8: Uh, the, him, The and alarm Pe- may be going him off. Him, and Pepe. Yeah. Is the alarm going off? <laughs>
6: <laughs> Maybe you got it on mute. Let's go to uh, Jack in Middle River. Jack, what's happening?
9: Hey, thanks for taking my call, man. I think the Ravens should go into free agency and sign Dark Henry. That way, as though Dark Henry could come, and when Mitchell come back, he could uh Mitchell a little bit. And also, I think the Ravens should pick up Rashad Bateman's fifth option. That way, as though he could boost his confidence, because it seemed like he he lost his, comf- his confidence, man. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Yeah, that's, All right. Thank oh, you, that's Jack. That's,
8: what, about uh, $17 million, you know, for g- Bob. I feel a little un uh I'm not real confident right now. You got like about ten million, I'll feel much better.
6: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> his confidence will go through the roof and so will his uh, car payments, I'm assuming too. But yeah, that's not happening. We no. just talked about it with Todd Karpovich. There's no real guarantees that he's even ready to take and his yards per reception in twenty-two were pushing twenty. Yeah. Last year, he barely had twenty targets at yeah. sea during the course of the season.
8: And and Bob, I'm I'm with you. Um, I'm first Swifty. Give me Swifty instead of Henry. Younger, can do more things for me. Not as much money, probably.
6: Coming off a monster year. Yeah. Get back to the phones. 410-583-1057. how you join us. Plaza Port text line. Send your song request and get your votes in for Featured Artist Friday. Mike Harmon's going to be joining us in a couple minutes from Fox Sports Radio. Rashawn in Baltimore. Rashawn, what's up? Hey, man. Good
12: morning. i mean, good afternoon, fellas. How y'all doing?
6: Doing all right, man. What are you doing?
12: Not much man. Uh on on a little lunch break. Up in uh up in uh Vinny's area up in Fauston, man. Oh yeah, and, uh, nice. Yeah, up on Bel Air Road one fifty two area, so Yeah, that's right by my house. Um Yeah, man. Um so I wanted to call a little bit about the Orioles, man. I'm pissed that Braddish is hurt, man, I and mean, um what's his name? The clothes. I'm I'm drawing the blank. Felix to Batista, that, yeah. Yeah, Felix, Felix, yeah.
6: You're blind yeah. with anger. <laughs> <laughs>
12: yeah, because that's I already made this bet with Q, right, man? So I'm going to have to go back on it. You know, we uh, what bet? made a $100 bet. It was a $100 bet that the Orioles finished with a better record than the Yankees. This year? You no, know, but that was before I,
0: yeah. The season
6: yeah, hasn't even started yet. kill. Oh, Come on, man. Rashawn,
12: I'm, and you, I'm knew,
6: like dude, you knew Batista was going to be out in August of last no, year. No, no, yeah.
12: I knew that, but I didn't know Bradish though. This was before the Bradish thing, you know. Come on, yeah, man. So
8: I'm
6: like, don't get too Do no back, ammo. Don't to hey, the Yankees will yeah, have
8: like, more guys on IR than the than the Orioles will,
6: and the Ravens. You
8: think so? Well,
6: with Gary, yeah,
0: the
12: Ravens, Cole bitching, or the Oriole, so whatever, whatever Yankees I'm...
8: always get hurt.
12: I don't know. Gary Cole has been he's been silenced, you know, this past few seasons though. So. Dude, you are. Get away from.
6: uh, Rashawn, get away from the panic button. I haven't even played an (laughs) exhibition game yet. Yeah. But um what do you think about them going out and getting Dylan Cease,
12: man? Like I I want I want Dylan Cease. Were they scared to spend the money or are they scared to give up the prospect? Well it's
6: what? more of a prospect like, thing at this stage because he's controlled through next year. And is there really that much of a need? All of this again will be determined over the next five weeks. We'll say, hey, Tyler Wells could be brilliant. Cole Irvin, who lost uh, weight, could be brilliant. You never know, man. You gotta let it play out. Baseball's a marathon, not a sprint. Don't worry about Q. Q knows what he... he. Q has never received a winning bet from this station. So odds are with you, Rashawn. Just uh, pump the brakes right, a little cool. bit. Yeah, that's cool. There, right, I'll
12: pump them a little bit, man, you know. <laughs> but... All right, man. I'll let y'all go, man. I'll let y'all tomorrow, all
6: right? All right, Rashawn. He's already panicking about the Orioles, and they have even hit the field yet in a game against the opposition. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. When we come back, get Dylan Cease, White Sox fan, Mike Harmon. Fox Sports Radio is going to be joining us. Also a Bears fan, but he's a he hosts a national radio show, which is finished in the top 20, according to that Barrett Sports Media national show. Him and Jason Smith, because I guess he gets the Vinny and Haney 105.7 The the fan bump that Mike Harmon. will talk about all sports with him. And then a fun out trip with Nolan McGraw. Who's just awesome. He doesn't need any rankings. He just, he's just that
11: guy.
0: MLB, NFL, NCAA. Get it all right here. 1057. The fan. Vinny
6: 1057. The fan. Total request Thursday. Pick a song. We'll play it. Send your song request to the Plaza for text line at 410-583-1057. Get your votes in. Featured Artist Friday. That reveal coming up here in a matter of minutes. Bob Haiti, Vinny Serrano, Nolan McGraw. Heal from him in a few minutes in his funhouse. Joining us as he does every Thursday on the program from Fox Sports Radio, SwollenDome.com. He's a national radio celebrity. He and Jason Smith. Read the papers, as uh, Connie Corleone said, as she's shaking Michael down at the end of Godfather. Boy, I'm really digging for that, that was
8: one. on last night. I watched it's it. It's been
6: on like multiple <laughs> times. By the way, Sonny gets killed in the causeway. Spoiler alert, it's the W <laughs> with a World Series game when it's ready. WJ W G K Log S hotline. He's our friend and yours. He's Mike Harmon. Mike, what's happening?
10: It's funny, we went down a deep rabbit hole making all sorts of godfather illusions on the show last night. I had uh, our buddy Rich Ornberger in for Smith, who's vacationing. Right now, I, you know, I'd like to request the song, This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things by Taylor Swift, because uh, his ace, Senga, has got arm fatigue and problems there for the Mets, so his season's over before it began.
6: Yeah, well, it's uh, it's sometimes working out some soreness, like maybe Gunnar Henderson's doing with the Orioles, or it's long-term things like Senga, perhaps, with the Mets. Maybe Kyle Bradish here with the Orioles. But since you brought it up, we might as well start. Uh, it's, uh, fate would have it. I'm staring at MLB Network. They got a picture of Dylan Cease looking up there. Looks very much like Spencer Strider, by the way. They could be twins, pitcher, stud for the Braves. Controllable for another year. Orioles may or may not have a hole in their rotation. How are the White Sox looking right now in a division that could be winnable because the Twins lost a lot in the offseason? Would they be willing to sacrifice a talented guy in Dylan Cease coming off a rough year because the Orioles, they do have a plethora of highly regarded prospects.
10: A plethora, you say. Correct. Uh, As a guy who – you know, likes to be optimistic, right? You know, once upon a time, I had my dark phase where everything was wrong and the world sucked. Now that I'm older, I'm like, hey, I, I woke up today. I'm feeling good. Uh, White Sox are 40-1 to 1 to win the division, guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> the division, not the World Series. Not the AL pennant. <laughs> nope, the division. So whatever the Baltimore Orioles want to package up for Dylan Cease, add a few boxes of your favorite crab cakes, let's make it happen under for wins is sixty two and a half.
6: Well, that's not good. That's not good. So,
10: yeah, but then again, forty one games lower than the Dodgers' expectation. Yeah, but you're you're an optimistic 21. guy. I mean, hope springs eternal, Mike Carmen. So anyway,
6: yeah, if you, no, if, I,
3: look, I I'm hopeful.
10: I come back to this, right? Yes. Like they've got some talented players, right? There's talented players in the lineup. You know, when they're in the lineup, which they never are.
6: Okay, I mean, uh, all right. I'm just trying to bring you up there. You
10: know, I love the Louis Jimenez for the 80 games he's going to play.
6: Uh, and Luis Robert, he's an awesome guy, especially at home run derbies.
10: Well, he had a great year last year. I hope he stays healthy again. But, you know, just keep going down the line. I like Andrew Vaughn. Nobody cares about Andrew Vaughn. He's, you know, your prototypical first baseman, pencil him in, first 25, 30 doubles, and a 280 batting average. That's all fine and good. There's nobody moving the needle. And the pitching staff? No bueno. So, yeah, Dylan Cease, let's get the bidding war started. All right,
6: there you go. So he's all in on that.
10: Someone's got to get him to uh, to, uh, release the Kraken at this point so we can get the rest of these free agents signed. All
6: right, now speaking of trades, let's flip to the other sport there, the NFL and your other team the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields. He was on the St. Brown Brothers podcast. He's sick of hearing about trade rumors. This isn't going to be, I guess, resolved for another, what, two months, basically, I guess, Mike, until the draft comes up. Chicago has the number one pick. What are your inside sources in the Windy City saying about Justin Fields and the possibilities that he's played his final game in that uniform?
10: Well, the odds makers uh, would tell you that it's all but consummated just a matter of all right, who's giving you the best package, all right? We won't find out you know a hundred percent until Roger Goodell walks across to the podium. uh the last odds I saw for him to return to Chicago are like six or seven to one. Atlanta being the leader in the clubhouse. you've got Pittsburgh in there, the Raiders because evidently his relationship with Getse was better than uh than anybody thought, and even Getze was flowery with language last week, and we all just kind of assumed uh, he's just taking the high road after the exit, but instead looks like there might actually be something there. But I would, I would presume that it's a final, Instagram follows or not. Notice how he drags his buddy Equanimius, you know, talking about just because you don't follow a girl don't mean you're still af- not after or with her or whatever. however he phrased it. And his brother thought it was the funniest thing ever. He's like, I got questions. Like, yeah, I'm sure you do now. Good work, Fields. You you deflect it away from you. But, um, yeah, I would presume that it's done. You know, as we've talked about a lot, I don't think it's necessarily the right move. I got a lot of questions about Caleb Williams and the fact that Justin Fields has those years under his belt. And, oh, guys, he's only 24. He's younger than a lot of guys getting drafted this year. The other thing, Mike,
8: is Caleb Williams is pulling a Lamar. No agent, which is always a scary thing
10: yeah you know it's always the what do you got around you and i I think lamar had better people you know like moms uh around him than you know caleb's dad evidently had been asking for the moon and look in this day and age of nil and everything else i can't say i blame you but you still have to have someone in the room to keep you temper those expectations and keep reality and keep you grounded and all and with the year they had a miserable one where many times and I blame Lincoln Riley for some for for a chunk of it. It's like he didn't come off as a guy that would handle pressures in a big city well,
5: and so that would
10: be my concern there. But yeah, not having an, an agent, hey, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see how it plays out.
8: Hey, Mike, what'd you think of the five plus seven?
10: You mean for those two days that existed?
8: Oh, then then now we're to fourteen <laughs> and. and I and, and we'll tell be me the, and, and Mike we'll thirty two by the time this thing kicks off. <laughs> oh no, sixty-four. Hey, Mike, why would Notre Dame do that deal when if, if they go in at number one team in the country, they'll be fifth seed?
10: Uh well, I think it comes down to the how lucrative it is and being part of it when you've collected as they have because let's face it, they haven't really had a whole lot of uh, big runs to the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think part of it is, you know, you're in and you're included. And you still get some special considerations, but you don't have the same juice that you once did. I mean, look at it. I mean, you even have Collinsworth's kids got fired. Did you see you guys seeing this? It's chaos. What? It's anarchy. What happened? One of the great Nepo baby hires of all time is out already. The tide's turning.
8: From the Notre Dame games?
10: Yep. He, evidently, he's out as the play-by-play guy. I was uh, came down the line a little bit earlier. I'm like, look at that! Stunning turn of events, Mike. Oh. are the
8: people? I'm guessing the next guy, Aaron Taylor,
6: Joe Montana's son. <laughs>
10: uh, now you're talking
6: mike harman fox sports radio SwollenDome.com. i want your flex and all the fun stuff that goes along with that real quick mike nba all-star game adam silver got on and said it sucked basically when he says it sucks that means tnt says it sucks and the people spending money to advertisers saying it sucks when will it unsuck if it ever stops doing that during our lifetime
10: figure out how to incentivize everybody with a giant pile of money. But the like, like they did with the indices season tournament, everybody played hard. Now those games counted in the standings. So trying to figure out where you are. I mean, I, I think the genie got out of the bottle years ago, as soon as you went to everybody can access every player every night because it wasn't special. Right. I mean, when we were younger and you know, this is the, you know, get off my lawn, not quite the get off my lawn. I'm an old man kind of thing, but You know, you watch this week in baseball, you watch the George Michael sports machine, and maybe you got a highlight or two on the local news. So these guys all had some mystique when they got to an all-star game. Because otherwise, unless you saw the finals, unless you saw, you know, the all-star game, those were the showcases because these guys were new. Now it's like, all right, I got everything I could possibly want, and I know what his favorite order is at 15 restaurants in the local area in which he plays right there's there's no mystique to it so you know and for the players they do a full week of work right basketball is the fun part so what are they gonna do they're gonna go out and play some grab ass after doing all the activations and meetings with sponsors and everybody else so you know trying to get folks to get excitable about it i don't i don't know that you can put that back in the bottle i think it's a final
6: Mike Harmon, Fox Sports Radio, joins us every Thursday here on 105.7 The Fed. Mike, appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of your total request Thursday, and we'll talk to you next week.
10: Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the love, fellas. Have a great week. We'll talk
6: to you then. You got it. Mike Harmon, everybody. Not real optimistic about his white socks, that's for sure. It's Vinny and Haiti, 105.7 The Fed. Come back, take a trip through the old fine house, Dolan McGraw. Inside Access takes over, too.
0: Vinny and Haiti, put your headphones in ignore your co-workers. 1057 The Fan.
6: Hey, hey 1057 The Fan. Total to request Thursday. Winding her down. A featured artist Friday coming up tomorrow. We'll get to the artist here in a second. Corbin Burns, named today by Brandon Hyde as the exhibition game starter against Boston on Saturday. Was asked if he was going to start opening day. Hyde didn't really confirm. Had one of them crap eating, eating green, grins on his face, which leads you to believe that he will. Gunnar Henderson said he'll be fine. He's going to miss a couple of uh, exhibition games, but he'll be ready to rock and roll in another week or so. Derek Queen committed to Maryland last night. Five-star recruit out of Baltimore. St. Francis was there as a freshman, then went to Florida, Mount Verde we there, I believe, the number one uh, team in the country right now. So he'll be playing for, for old Kevin Willard starting 2024-25. We'll talk more about that with Keith Kavanaugh tomorrow from terrapintimes.com. John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta will meet with the media in Indianapolis Tuesday at the Combine. DaCosta will be at 1030, and then old Harbsey will be at 1115. So we'll have some fresh Ravens for you, Nolan. Coming up next week, who we jamming to tomorrow starting around 10, 15 or so. Featured artist tomorrow is REO Speedwagon.
11: Mm.
6: Heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend who heard it from another. We'll be jamming out to REO Speedwagon tomorrow. Inside Access coming up next. Let's go to the Funhouse. Quick
0: draws, funhouse. The, okay, the, the, the rudeness, tuness, text reader. Who's the fastest gun alive? This side of the Chesapeake.
11: I like that quick draw.
0: One oh five seven. The
7: fan. Start here with Howard in Baltimore, who says hopefully the Ravens will solidify their offensive line and make some sort of splash trade or any way to acquire a great receiver. I believe that they're a few pieces away from reaching greatness again. Just need the coaching to step up in the playoffs.
8: Well, I, I don't, <clears throat> I don't see them trading draft picks for a player because you'd be giving up draft picks and you got to pay the guy a lot of money. Doesn't make sense to me for where the Ravens are at and uh, the coaching. Yeah, I, I would say everybody needs to step up. You know, in those playoffs, there wasn't. Offensively, you couldn't name a player that had a good game, and that includes the coaching staff, too.
7: Pete in Pikesville says when the Ravens signed Lamar, fans should have expected that this was going to happen. The team's going to lose more than a few good players to free agency. The O-line has Linderbaum as its only solid piece, and Lamar is only going to be as good as the O-line in front of him. Uh, seems to me the Ravens blew their best chance at a title and could be in for some challenging times.
8: Well, we'll see. I mean, this was a this was a big time opportunity this past year that they they totally screwed up. And Norm, I said it before, but now I kind of got a raise. I said, you show me a team with a hundred million dollar quarterback, I'll show you a team with no depth. I should, you know, now it's got to be two hundred million dollar quarterback, and I'll definitely show you a team with no depth. Now they did say the cap, Bob, could be. They'll find out, I think, at the combine. Roughly two hundred and fifty million. So that's up from, you know, like two thirty four or something. So you what normally happens is is the GMs when they go to that meeting in December, they give you kind of a rough idea, like December to fifteenth, a rough idea what the cap's gonna be, so you can kind of work off of that. And then, you know, so you kind of do all your calculations and then if you you're like, Whoa, all right, we're getting an extra ten million you know, from what you expected. So that's always, that could be a big plus for them.
7: This one here from Chris says, uh, can we stop with the Derrick Henry free agent wishes? In my opinion, he's done. He's washed up. Would have made sense maybe as a trade last year, but right now, bottom of my list.
8: I, I don't think he'd be at the bottom of my, my list, but I agree with a lot of things said. I don't think he's washed up, though. I still think he's got some left, but... I think he could drop off real fast.
7: Uh, another one here talking running back. Texter says, Swift, Saquon, Henry, doesn't matter. All would be pretty cool. But would they even get uh, used when it matters most? Or would they get five or so carries and then wasted in the playoffs?
8: Uh, I mean, no. I, I, I think if they had a Swift or Jacobs or those guys, I think they would definitely... Be used, and and the thing about it, you don't think the coaches learned a lesson, too? Yeah, and, and let me just say this: and and if it's run pass option, and Lamar's throwing it all the time, you got to kind of sit him down when he comes over. And say, hey, you know, you know what you do? You cut out the pass part of it. You don't give him the opportunity.
7: One would argue they didn't learn their lesson from 2019. Well, it it? popped up again in the last year. <laughs> but are
6: we really going with the, this is their last opportunity to win the championship? I mean, if that's the case, Lamar should just retire and take yeah. his money and go to Florida and live a
7: quiet, happy life. Not from that standpoint, but 20 years from now, we could look back and say, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. We you, never you, know.
8: You would have to say, Bob, that they
6: had an awesome chance. Yes, they did. I mean, but I don't think it's the end of the road for them no, ever as winning as a Super Bowl. As long as Lamar stays healthy. Sure.
7: And how about one more here? Texter says, feels like with the running back depth in the draft, the Ravens would be better off signing a free agent at that position, not a wide receiver. Try to tackle that position in the draft. Find a uh, late-round sleeper like Puka Nakua or even a second-rounder overlooked like Debo Samuel.
8: Hey, I agree with all that they just said. It makes a lot of sense to me, but, you know, getting a Debo in the second or getting a a Puka – Easier said than done. It's Vinnie and Haney, 105.7
6: The Fan. That's going to do it for us. We're back tomorrow. Featured Art Friday. Sorry Speedwagon. Inside Access coming up here in a matter of minutes. For Nolan McGraw, Vinny Serrato, I'm Bob Haney.
2: Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you in the morning for now. Class dismissed. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?